Hi, everybody. Well, thank you for coming here tonight on Sunday night. So let's get real program with Coach Menachem Bernfeld. Tonight is sheer number 97, the 97th time that we're doing this. And Baruch Hashem, we're getting close to 100. So we're very, very excited. Again, for everybody who comes here every Sunday night, I want to always say, first of all, thank you for everybody for posting on the WhatsApp statuses, emailing to family and friends, letting people know about it. And um, it's a tremendous thing that every Sunday night so many people come here and we all grow together. And there's so much to learn, and it's all from you. It's all from people telling people about it. It's from grassroots movements. So thank you for coming. Again, for anybody who wants to get the flyers on Sunday, you can just WhatsApp me at uh, 848-525-0066. Again, that's 848-525-0066. And uh, if you want to get the weekly emails from Menachem or the, the recap email when he sends out the recordings, you can go to his website, menachemburnfall.com, and sign up to get the flyers every single week. All those who are watching this later on uh, YouTube, they're watching the replay of it, please click on the subscribe button to Coach Menachem Barafeld. And every Monday morning about 2.30 a.m. when he uploads the videos, you can watch it. It, gets you, it gives you a ding. Click on the like button so Menachem Barafeld can be the number one most popular YouTuber and make millions of dollars. We appreciate that. And uh, let's get into it tonight. Okay, first we're going to start off with thanking all our advertising sponsors for promoting us. First of all, first and foremost, the Lakewood Scoop for promoting us here in Lakewood, New Jersey. Uh, special thank you to Rabbi Yanit Chazak for promoting us on the Chazak channels. A special thank you to, Ra- to Chayla Kalfel and Shmuel Summer from JCM, Jewish Content Network, for always promoting us, of course, all the Jewish digital pa- platforms. Um, the Coach Menachem Show is collaborating with OK Clarity to bring greater health and wellness to the Jewish community around the globe. OK Clarity is the online platform for mental health support in the Jewish community. OKClarity.com, you'll find the best therapists, coaches, nutritionists, engage in forms, and stay inspired. Menachem, when he sends out the email, we'll have the links for that as well. I just wanted to mention also, we said this last week, um, we're proud to, to, to announce that the Coach Menachem Ernfeld Show, when we have a therapist, Gadali is not a therapist. I know he's involved with a lot of therapy, but he himself is not a therapist. He actually gets CE credits for mental health professionals. So many of the shows that we had before, the Shiurim that had therapists last week and all the other weeks, um, you can get credits for watching them. If anybody's interested, you can go email support at corewellceu.com. Again, that's support at corewellceu.com to get your credits. Um, what else did I want to say? Tonight, again, we do this every Sunday night at 9.30 Eastern time. The same idea. We have different Rabbanim, different therapists. Gedaya a little bit does it, falls a little bit into his own little uh, little world, which uh, a little bit of everything. But we're going to go with uh, spiritual advisor. We're going to go CEO, Beautiful. businessman, spiritual advisor, slash everything else. He's, he's connected through every other way, so it's a little bit of a different twist tonight, but uh, it's going to be amazing tonight. Next Sunday, Sunday April 3rd, we have an amazing show with Rabbi Fisher from Fisher Yeshiva in Israel, Moshe of Matas Yahu. Um, it's going to be, he's going to be really focusing on investing in yourself and living the life you want to live. He's titling it, Be the Change You Want to See in the World. It's really self-help, self-growth about who you want to be, not to be busy with others. And um, he's, he's amazing. He has a very big yeshiva over there. He has a few hundred boys. And he's an amazing person. He's going to be uh, waking up 4.30 in the morning to join us. With that, so it's 9.30 at night. It's not so bad. Not 4.30 in the morning. So, Nishka Farrell. Nice. Um, exactly. so please join us again tonight. We have the discussion and honor of having world famous Gadali Fenster with us tonight. Um, I know, I know tonight is going to be positive. So thank you for coming. Let's start off first with Coach Menachem Bernfeld. Coach Menachem, what are we talking about tonight? What's going on here? Yeah, thank you. Welcome everyone. Baruch Hashem, we're up to number ninety-seven, and uh, we have the discussion to have with us Gadali Fenster, which I think um, his his Hasidim that I meet on the streets. Mm-hmm have asked me, you know, for a while already, when is it coming on? You have to get him on, you have to get him on. And I know one thing, they're excited. So tonight we'll hear all about it. But I do want to mention, I think 
many, many uh, are coming tonight to hear some practical tools because, you know, we've, we're doing this program for a while, a lot of information. But the question is, what do we do with the information? So it's really, we have to break it down to see how it's applicable to each and every one of us. And I know when people saw the title of Letting Go, there are two types of people out there. There are some that from the outside, Baruch Hashem, you know, it looks good, davening, learning, Baruch Hashem, davatzlocha, family, things are going the right direction. However, inside there is something that's missing. And not always can you pinpoint what it is. There's a feel, sometimes there's a feeling of uh, a lack of a sense of direction, of a lack of purpose, and really no connection. But, you know, what can we do? We got to continue. And we research and we come to Sunday night program to learn. So that's, that's one type. But then there are others who are really going through really, really hard struggles in life. Now, talking about struggles, it's, it's, it's real. We're not going to say it's not a struggle. And talking about it can be divorce, kids, shalom bias, health, or, or real, real struggles. And that can really take, uh, uh, people can feel depleted, uh, no way out, no light at the end of the tunnel, not knowing where to go, what to do. And logically, they might know that Hashem runs the world and everything Hashem does, and, and this is also from Hashem. But, but when they go to sleep at night, they're on empty. So I think tonight we're going to be talking about getting back our energy, being able to let go. I'm not sure of what, but we need to let go of something and to gain back some energy. So I'm happy and I'm excited to have with us Vidal Yefensta, which I know. And he, deal, he deals with, you know, there are, he's in the front lines with, the, with his um, the therapy that, uh, that, the therapy house with the, what's it called? The Evolution, Evolution Treatment Center. Treatment Center. So you're sitting there, you're seeing what's going on. So it's not like coming and saying logical mm -hmm. things. It's really working with those people that really need it. So Mr. Shem, we should have Siata de Shemaya tonight and be able amen, to amen. apply what we talk in Mitzvah Shem. Amen. Okay. Before we get to Rav Gedaya again, we do Gamatra every night. So tonight's year number 97 is Gamatra Toivlakol, which means good to everybody. If somebody can be good to everybody, then I'm sure he gets to learn to let go. So that, that was a cute little Gamatria. Um, again, tonight we're going to talk about letting go. Like, like Menachem said, just going to emphasize, we're talking about really all the pains that we go through, you know, physically, emotionally. Everybody's going through a lot in the whole world. So we gotta, we, you know, and one thing I want to say is that a lot of people, after a lot of the shiurim that we do, sometimes it's very like up there. It's like hard to mm -hmm. really take into practice, into reality. So before Gedali came on, to, you know, I spoke with him about like, we want some takeaways. One thing's really to take home with us, not just in hypothetically, you know, theory land. We want something real. So hopefully tonight will be takeaway material for everybody. So it should be amazing. Again, I'm going to read his bio and then Gedali, the, the floor is yours. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fence is a man, is Mammy-based entrepreneur and motivated speaker and the founder of CEO of People's Insurance Claim Center and Evolution Treatment Center. He's also established the Breslov Center where he teaches. He hosts a series of daily and weekly online lectures. A few people called me and told me he, they call him the Jewish Tony Robbins. I'm just, I'm just saying what people said. I'm just repeating it. So, Gedalia Fenster, the floor is yours. Open it up. Beautiful. 
Thank you guys for having me. For having me, honestly, I love your work. Ninety-seven classes, Mazel Tov. You should continue to, to the thousands. There's mm -hmm. nothing greater than than giving a person dot. I mean, you know, our, the the uh, the level of compassion that we get from our creators determine our, our level of dot. So that's uh, just to teach people how to fish is more important than giving them fish. Um, so my story is basically, I was uh, I grew up in in pretty much I was born in Colombia. Um, I grew up in Miami Beach. Um, went to Jewish school, went to public school, and really, really was lost in life. Uh, I was a promoter of uh, clubs in South Beach, et cetera. And uh, I, I really wasn't very pretty much connected spiritually or, you know, religion, yes, there was a religion aspect, but it was, there was nothing that I went to show. There was nothing that motivated me until I really, really hit a very, very dark place. When I was 22, I was in a very, very, uh, the lifestyle wasn't the greatest lifestyle. I picked up a book called advice from Rabbi Nachman, and then my whole life changed. That's, that's my story. That's how it all started. Um, and Rabbi Nachman's teachings definitely uh, just, it took me to the next level. So basically, I was learning Rabbi Nachman's teachings for over, uh, I would say, 20 years. I've been studying his teachings thousands and thousands of hours without even any intention of speaking, any intention of talking, nothing, just studying because I was so, uh, there, was, there was like a connection that I had with his teachings. And basically, after that, um, I went through a very, very tough time. I would say 10 years ago, I got divorced. My son had cancer the first time. Um, and I went through a very, very rock bottom stage while doing his, while learning his teachings. And then from that, that moment, um, I really went double in his teachings. And then I, I came out with a lot of awareness. Uh, I started giving classes around, uh, five, four or five years ago. Um, seven years ago, I opened up my re drug and rehab facility. Um, and I've been basically, we have a daily podcast. I think now we have 30,000 followers. Um, and I, listen, I personally have gone through divorce. My son passed away uh, four, months, four months ago from cancer. So if you're going to tell me something that I've gone through, I've gone through everything. I've gone through divorces. I've gone through death in the family. Um, I've gone through uh, tremendous business losses. I've gone through a gambling addiction. There's nothing I haven't gone through. So I want to try to teach you guys, uh, hear the questions that are being addressed. I want to teach you guys how to get your energy back and how to move on. And today, Baruch Hashem, we have, we've had a, a literally a daily podcast in, on Spotify and they keep on growing. It keeps on growing and growing. And, I, and there's nothing like the experience I get uh, working with people, individuals with mental health and depression, anxiety. I was there myself. And definitely the teachings of Hasidus, what I, what I practically do is take modern psychology and basically Hasidic teachings and I basically blend it into one. That's, I would say that's my specialty. And my specialty is definitely retention of information, not just bubba mices and philosophy and all that. I'm very much into the practicality. Um, the reason why I also wanted to do this podcast myself before is because sometimes when I was in a very, very dark stage and I didn't get the right advice. I went to Rabban and sometimes they told me read Psalm 24 or do this or you know dip in the mix. But the, the, the practical advice of emotional advice was not there. Um, and believe me, I, I'm very well connected and I, I just didn't get that advice. I didn't get that direct, you know, the direct advice that I wanted. So this is why I said, listen, maybe that was meant to be itself. So this is why I decided to, to pretty much create a blend of Torah, psychology, um, positive thinking, peak performance, where, where Jews shouldn't have to go to secular for sources. To get them, I, why, don't, why, don't we, why don't we get them to the, to, the, to, to the original source? So this is where the basis in my mission statement is, is really to do that. To really, really get people back to the Torah, get back to the roots, and recognize that the power is within. It's not some outside. 
opposite with 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 Torah and 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 Hasidus, we're able to build mindsets. It's not just about you know being motivated. We're more focusing on on wisdom and strategy and building the right mindset. So that's my that's pretty much what I do. Um, you know, I deal with all kinds of situations in my life, uh, whether it's Shalom Bayit issues, financial issues. So I'm pretty much, um, God has given me a lot of intuition. God has given me a lot of insight. I, I spent, uh, I don't know, maybe um, 50,000 hours in his Bodidu talking to God. So I put a lot of time in and that's gotten me a lot of awareness. And from there, Baruch Hashem, at the end of the day, I, I recognize him just a shofar and whatever God sends me, he sends me. So this is pretty much what I do. Um, I, I love my daily podcast. We're, we're having a, we're having two classes, May third and May fourth. We're going to Beverly Hills. May seventeenth, we're in Manhattan. So our events are really, really. My really intention is really to bring the Jews back to their own roots and bring them back to Hasidus. And, and this positive psychology is really we have it. Nobody else has something greater than us. And this is really, that's really my mission statement. So today's class, really, what I've recognized, what I've seen, is the approach. Sometimes the approach that people are handling their problems is the problem. And they're holding a lot of resentment. And many times, again, my approach also, when I was going through tough struggles, I was always telling my creator, fix this broken toy. You broke the toy, fix it. Without recognizing the process, without recognizing that, you know what, if it wasn't for this problem, I wouldn't come to tefillah. There, there, was, there was such a bigger picture. I think Rabbi Nachman tells us the purpose of prayer is really to come to expanded consciousness. And if we look at it that way, like, wow, you know what? The way I'm looking at it, I'm too emotional in this issue. When I get to my Hezbollah, I come, I come out of there, Hezbollah is talking to Hashem. I have a daily, I wake up at 4.30, 4 o'clock. Now, obviously not tonight because I'm up at 11.30 tonight. So you got me on my morning, Chef. But I, my morning ritual really is to take the situation from last night or, the, or yesterday, something that accumulated, and really, really talk to my creator about it. And through that practice, I can pretty much look at the situation completely different. And this is what I try to get people. Basically, the way you're looking at the problem is the problem. Uh, we're looking at it. Things in life don't have meaning. We give it, we attach meanings. And in life, we don't, we, we're recognizing that there's constantly every emotion. After every experience, there's an emotion tied to it. And what happens is, is after that emotion, after that experience, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't give it a good emotion, basically, what are we doing? We're re pretty much replaying that emotion over and over and over again. What I want to get people to really is to get them to wisdom. Wisdom is the memory without the emotion. So when you're going through a situation, we've all gone through terrible, very, very tough situations. But really, how do you elevate that situation through wisdom, through that, through the new perspective? And through there, all of a sudden, you're not replaying the same movie over and over where you're, you're in a victim mindset. But now, all of a sudden, that became wisdom. And I can tell you, every single situation, every failure that I had in my life, every situation, there was definitely the reason, the only change why I'm not replaying that movie over and over again is because it became wisdom. And that's ultimately what we're trying to get here. Every situation, every pain that you're going through, whether it's an uh, whether, whether issue with a toxic family member or, or, or financial issues, you have to really, really think about the message, not the messenger. And most people spend 99% of the time on the messenger instead of the message. Um, for example, an example would be, you know, typical question is why do I keep on getting insulted all the time? You know, I go here, I get insulted. I go there, I get insulted. I go there, I get insulted. I'm always getting insulted. The problem is not the people. The problem is your self-esteem. You, you, you keep on taking everything personal because when we have low self-esteem, we make everything about us. So that's a primary example that a person is looking for, you know, going to solutions outside of them when the answer 
is pretty much inside of them. So these are, I really like to, to really simplify questions and really get to, because at the end of the day, if you get rid of the feelings behind the question, you'll get the answer. You know, if you're asking a question, should I marry that person? And there's tons of fear attached to it. You're never going to get the answer. The answer is not there. The answer, the, the problem is, is the fear in the question. As you let go of the question, am I going to be happy? Is it going to work out? Uh, all of this control that we're trying to do, then we never get the answers. So some of the, some of the tools that I use is stop looking for the answer. Try to focus on the feeling behind the question. You know, what's coming up when you're asking that question? And you're going to see, uh, you know, uh, predictions of the future. Am I going to be happy? How do I know am I going to get divorced, et cetera? Then we're able to now get answers. When we, when we surrender the feelings behind the questions, we start getting answers. So this is a typical thing that I do. Very, very different style versus a typical, oh, find the answer, ask Hashem. No, why, why are you asking that question in the first place? Sometimes when we ask too many questions, that means there's, the question itself tells you what the problem is. Just like any addict that's taking, uh, for example, an addict that's taking uh, heroin, I would tell you that their problem is not the heroin. The problem is they have no love because heroin is, an ob is a substitute for love, obviously. There's, what they're getting from the heroin is they're getting love. Or, for example, an addict would say, you know what, I'm taking cocaine. And their problem really is lack of confidence. They want to feel confident. Or whether it's, uh, you know, you could just tell pretty much from the drug itself what the, what the issue is. So this is where I really, really work on. on I, I, I try to tackle issues on a conscious level versus just dealing with the messenger. It's, it's, I would say in Kabbalah, it's called Mochum Gadlut versus Mochum Kadlut. Mochum Kadlut, you're in the problem. Mochum Gadlut, you're looking at the situation completely different on a conscious level. And that's really my, my I use a, a lot of the books I use. I use a book called uh, Let It Go A Lot. This is a great book by David Hawkins. Um, I use, um, you know, in, for, for example, I use a lot of times uh, Tomer Devorah. I'm very big into Tomer Devorah or the Kabbalah of Forgiveness. These are books that I use basically to look at situations completely different on a conscious level, not on a personal level. We're so stuck in the situation because we're looking at, at, we're focusing on the messenger and not looking at the message. What does God want from me in the situation? And what happens is when we do that, we lose the awareness because all we're doing is complaining. So when we're complaining, we don't get the awareness. And that's the problem. You need the awareness to recognize that that problem is actually an opportunity because in every situation in life, the problem becomes a solution. <laughs> I don't recognize, this, I don't know one issue in my life where the problem was not the solution. You know, such as an addiction is a, the solution. The problem is the addiction. The solution is a spiritual awakening. That means all the answers are really inside of us. It's not something outside of us. And this is really, really the emphasis. And this is what I really work on. This is why I have a daily podcast. And we just really go through issues, issues, and, and, and tell people, listen, if you're looking at this issue through fear, then this is what you're obviously, you're going to go into withdrawal and anxiety. But if you're looking at the same issue with trust, then you're going to go into action and, and, uh, uh, instead of withdrawing, you're going to go into action and you're going to go into excitement instead of anxiety. So it's basically the same issue, but when in a, in a different conscience, consciousness, it's a completely different, it takes a completely different meaning. Very good idea. Listen, we got a lot of questions to get to tonight. Okay. So you're going to get hit from all sides. I hope you're okay with that. I hope you can handle that. I can, um, I can handle anything. Can handle anything. Okay. But, so again, everybody who's here tonight. But, but again, my, my job is really to give them, it's not, it's not just, again, it's really the purpose of my classes is obviously is you, uh, your creator is going to get your attention one way or the other. It could come from love, inspiration, or desperation. You know, for example, that when my, my whole issue, just to give a recap, 
seven, eight years ago when I was going through a situation, that whole situation had to happen so I can come to do his bodhidut for one hour a day the rest of my life. I don't do it for an hour a day, I do it for 30 minutes. But that whole situation in my life had nothing really to do with the situation. It was just to get me to do his bodhidut for an hour. So we all have that calling that Hashem wants more out of us. And this, these situations, it's really, the, the facts are meaningless. It's what does my creator want from me in this situation? That is where the energy should be spent, not on the toxic member or the person insulting you or the, the marriage situation. Like many times I'm, I'm doing a class for singles and they're too focusing on looking for the one instead of becoming the one. You understand? So the energy is just put in the wrong place. So that's what today is. Today is really, really to try to get your energy back and put the energy in the solution, not always in the problem. Okay, that's why we're here. I need energy. I'm, I'm running low. Came to refill. You you get energy when you have the right strategy. Energy doesn't come to you if you if you're stuck with with the wrong with the wrong direction. Okay, so let's okay, let's, take, let's, let's take a poll. Without give two minutes, let's take a poll. Let everybody please answer it. We got a bunch okay. of questions. And again, I said we have a defense who says he could ask him anything and everything, and he sounds like he's been through it all. So you have no. Nothing to hold back from him. So text me. Again, these are, my, these are my opinions, the opinions of Rabbanim, opinions of my therapist, people that have, have had similar situations. And exactly, and I can tell you pretty much what strategy to work with. Okay, let's, 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 we have three poll questions tonight. Let's see what everybody answers. I'll take it from there, okay? Here we go. Okay. First question is, what should be worked on when faced with emotional challenges? Three options. What do you think you should work on? Our feelings, our thoughts, Nothing. It works out by itself. Those are the first, the first question. Second question is, what do you think is the root of all anxiety? Fear, over-evaluating over the problem, under-evaluating yourself, or self-absorption? Just think of the answers before you, before you click it, because it's a little confusing. Okay, and the third question is, what's the best way to get awareness in any challenge that you have in your life? Gratitude, taking it out, taking it all out, talking it all out to get clarity or pushing away the feelings until the challenges until the challenges goes away so those are the three questions everybody answer it's anonymous do everybody goes and then from there we'll jump into questions but he has live questions let's get into it okay Okay, here we go. We're gonna five more seconds and then we're gonna share the answer with everybody. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Okay, so this, this is what everybody answered. What should be worked on when faced with emotional challenges? 32% of the people said our feelings. Idaya, 66 of people, 66% of the people said our thoughts. That when you face with an emotional challenge, you have to work on your thoughts. Only 2% said do nothing. Interesting, no? Yeah, wrong answer. Wrong answer. Okay, right. we're gonna get, let's read all of them. I'm gonna explain to you why. Go ahead. Right, let's read all three of them. What do you think is the root of all anxiety? Fifty-six percent of people say fear. Fear causes anxiety. Sixty percent say overvalue, overvaluing the problem. That means they're making the problem much more than it is. Twenty-one percent undervaluing yourself, and only eight percent self-absorption. So clearly, most people feel the root of all anxiety is fear. Is that the right answer? No, the answer is all of the above. All the above. Got it. So I didn't give that option. Number three, right. what's the best way to get awareness in any challenge? Gratitude, talking it all out to get clarity. 60% of people say to talk it out. That's how you get awareness. Only 1% of people say pushing it away. So without, you can answer this and then we'll jump into the question if that's okay. 
Which one do you want to answer first? The, the, the first one? Yeah. What do you think about that? Okay. So, the, 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 I'll okay. so the first one, the I'll tell you why feelings, because feelings produce thoughts. For example, let's say all of a sudden I am, I have a lot of fear. And next thing you know, I, I, I hear uh, coronavirus uh, disease coming out, some ridiculous new variant from the Shiot. All of a sudden, what's all of a sudden? What, what do you think is going to trigger? I have that's the the feeling is fear. Oh my God, my kids are going to be in Zoom. Oh my God, another lockdown. Oh my God, I can't travel. Oh my God, this. All of a sudden, you just got nine to ten thoughts from one single trigger. So now go try to catch ten different thoughts at one time. Imagine if I give you ten ten rabbits and told you to go go catch them all the time. You're not going to be able to. You're just going to be completely overwhelmed and shut down. So what you should recognize is what am I actually feeling? Forget about the thoughts because of the feelings. Because remember, if I have bitachon in Hashem, if I have trust, I don't think about Zoom. I'm not thinking about another lockdown. I'm not thinking of anything. I'm just thinking, okay, we'll move on. You can see two, two different people can have completely different thoughts and, and the trigger could be a new virus coming out. So what you should work on is really the energy behind the feeling. The feeling produces a thought. If I'm going into, for example, if I'm insecure and all of a sudden I'm going into a job interview, and next thing you know, the, the, the guy interviewing me picks up his phone. What am I going to think? I'm not getting the job. He doesn't care about me. How about if his wife is pregnant? Would you ever think of that? So the whole problem is, is when we walk around with negative feelings, we make ourselves these, we're, we're, it makes it all about us. We feel it's a threat. And you're never going to be able to deal with the thoughts because now you're dealing with 10 to 15 thoughts at one time. So what I really do is the best method that I've seen is definitely to work on the feeling and let go of the feeling. And the way we let go of the feeling is by not resisting it, not judging it. It's just a feeling of fear, just like letting it go. For example, your daughter, all of a sudden, she's fighting with her sister. And what do you say? You don't give it energy. You just say, oh, she didn't mean it. Move on. We don't want to give energy to feelings because what causes, what causes people to have emotional breakdowns is because they keep on resisting feeling. They don't want to feel. So they keep on, they're afraid to feel or they have anxiety over having anxiety. And all that does is cause tremendous amount of resistance. And then you're completely overwhelmed anytime you get a trigger. So stress is never outside of us. Stress is always inside of us. We just get, we just get triggered by the outside. So you always want to work on the feelings. If you let go of the feelings, you're not going to get those thoughts. If you're not insecure, you're not going to think somebody's cheating on you. If you're not, uh, if you don't, if you have beat the Hashem, the last thing you're going to do is think of your, your partner all of a sudden. Let's say you have a, you have a business. Next thing you know, you know, somebody opens up next to you. A person has fear. Next thing you say, oh my God, he's going to take my pranasa. How am I going to lose my house, etc. You're going to all of a sudden, all of a sudden go into tr tr a, a, a tremendous anxiety attack because you have fear that somebody's threatening your survival. But if you had bitahon, you would say Hashem provides everything. Everybody with money. What do I have to worry about him? So you could see it's not the thoughts, it's the feelings. The feelings produce the thoughts. You're just getting triggered exactly how you feel about yourself. Okay, let's get, jump into some questions here with Aya, and uh, we have a bunch of live, so we're gonna start, I'm going to start with the first one or two questions to get things going, okay? just to open up the conversation. Basic question, why are we here tonight, right? I'm going through a really difficult situation in my life, and there's certain thoughts and worries I cannot get rid of. It's ruminating in my mind all day, whether it's divorce, parnasa, whatever it is, all, all the above. What can I do practically? What do I do to get rid of these thoughts that they don't, they don't got in my head? Okay, so again, the where where how is she? First of all, she has no awareness of the issue because she's she's playing defense. Number one, so she's she, right away she's got tremendous amount of fear. You understand? Otherwise, you would get the, the any time that I go through an issue, the first thing I do is I recognize I need awareness. The problem is not the issue; the problem is the lack of awareness. Because at the end of the day, every issue 
ultimately can turn into the biggest blessing in our lives. But we never get that issue because we're complaining in that issue. The complaining causes more resistance and more mocham gadlut and more constriction. So the first thing you should do is right away, ask your creator, thank him for the challenge. Remember, it's the difference between you looking at it, is this is a problem or is it a threat or is it a challenge? If I'm challenged by the situation, I'm excited to deal with it. If I'm threatened by the situation, I completely go into withdrawal and panic. So right away, you have to change the approach of it. Right away, you have to look at it as a challenge. If I look at it as a challenge, I say, okay, I'm excited to get this going. And then I'll start little by little, um, you know, trying to um, reduce being overwhelmed by one, dealing with one thing at a time. But the fact that she's looking at this and she's focusing on the people who did it to her or she's focusing on the situation, she's not going to get the awareness because she's stuck on the messenger, not the message. Maybe Hashem wants you to have more bitachon. Maybe Hashem wants you to get you closer to him through prayer. Maybe Hashem wants you to, to this is your litmus test. So if you, any situation, again, it's, you got to look at the message behind it. Um, you know, it's clearly Hashem's telling us all the time, take your worries and cast them off to Hashem. So most people that are going through these chaotic situations, they're not even praying, they're not meditating, they're not doing anything, but, but what are they doing? Rehearsing that event over and over. And what is it? Emotions are the product of an experience. The more we stay in the experience, the more we reinforce that negative pattern. And that's what we don't want to do. We want to break that pattern. And the way you break that pattern is starting with gratitude. Because gratitude gives you the awareness this is why I tell all my clients in my, in my rehab centers, right away, thank Hashem for the addiction you have. It's gonna, it's, he, he did it to so launch a spiritual awakening. You, the last thing you want to do is re, reaffirm that pattern over and over again. So obviously she needs, she needs a few classes. She needs to go on a, on a, on a podcast. She needs a, a daily prayer. Um, but she has to recognize, look at this thing. It, it's too emotional right now. And if she's working on it with fear, there's no way she's going to be over. She's going to be overwhelmed. So the first thing I would tell you is definitely start with gratitude. Ask your creator for awareness, not to solve the problem. Ask him for the awareness of why you're going through it, and then dedicate 20 minutes, 10 minutes a day to asking your creator for awareness. And then once you get the awareness, there's no suffering anymore in that situation. But some, sometimes to get there like you're saying you have to take some classes and listen to some podcasts because yeah, you need that because right away that. when it happens the anxiety and the panic doesn't let you right. get there but what you're saying is that that's where you where you should get to and you agree that it might take time because right away there's, there's there's no thoughts i mean there's a lot of thoughts but not in the right place and very hard to channel there, it there's right no place. there's no question there's no question hashem's trying to get her to a different look different space in her life um, there's no reason there, that's the only reason why he would put us through so much pressure. He's not, he's not that our creator is not out there to punish us. Our creator is there to challenge us. And this is an area in her life, which is I guarantee there's fear. There's all kinds of fear behind this issue. And, and that fear continues to be replayed. What you need to do again is to go and you need the awareness of why you're going through that issue. Um, and the way I do it practically is I don't, when I go have a situation in the morning, I, I schedule the prayer that uh, the next morning. Uh, and then I take anything that I can deal with and I cast it to my creator. I don't hold anything in. I cast it up. Whatever I can't control, if it's out of my hands, I get it out of my head. I cast it all to my creator. So you can do that. You can do that now with all the work that you've done many years. What would be that first Absolutely. step that you, that you would tell a person 
I'm saying, for example, there are people sending in questions, um, real tough questions. Correct. If they have a child or a, or a sibling that's not well, and the doctor gives up hope, and they, they actually see, they, they don't know what to do. I mean, they may be diving and say some to them, but I don't know. There, there's, listen, there's something that's beyond our control. There's something, for example, I, I, I checked every single box with my son. Um, there's not a box that I didn't check. And, you know, there's something in heaven that there's a, a decree or something beyond our comprehension. And this is, there's a time also to accept, um, you know, there's a time to accept also, God forbid, never give up, but you have, you do as much as you can, and then you have to surrender the outcome. How does that work together? Day. How does that work together? Except you have to do, you have to do. I, I could pray. And at the end of the day, I could say, I did my, hishtalut. I don't worry about the prayer. Worry and 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 chronic uh, uh, anxiety. This is all showing your 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 your. It's too much fear. So what I do is I pray and I get out of the way. A lot of people pray and they're waiting for the outcome. They're waiting for the uh, scoreboard to change. So the expectation sometimes does not allow the prayer to 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 work. Wow. So this is one thing. I let go of the outcome. I pray and I get out of the way because sometimes we're so burnt out of prayer because we pray. And we're waiting for a FedEx package. Should they go to and a different doctor? If the doctor is discouraging, should they? Absolutely. Let's go to this live question. Okay. You're on. Okay. I have a failed disease, ALS, that is slowly getting worse. Now my doctors are telling me that I shouldn't drive. Should I be thanking Hashem for the challenge? I'm having a very hard time with that. So, Bitachon and Hashem, I can do that. However, I see that I'm not getting any better. The disease is slowly marching on. Hashem should first give you for Shalema. What I've seen is a book from Rabbi Rush, Thank You and See Miracles. Uh, another person I recommend is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, he has meditations on uh, miraculously healing. And basically, both things talk about, Rav Nachman tells us that most diseases and most sicknesses come from a lack of joy. Again, it's a, it's a very vague statement. Um, but he says through joy, you can heal. I mean, there's a lot of science behind today showing how, you know, being happy uh, heals. So what I recommend in that, there's a great book called Say Thank You and See Miracles. And I strongly recommend doing some meditations on healing um, by Joe Dispenza. He has tremendous meditations. He has summits that he takes people to meditations. And I would recommend that. I would recommend that. Anything to do with simcha is definitely healing. Anything to do with worry and, 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 and fear is going to do the opposite. But Hashem should give you a full shalema. Okay, we have a bunch of live. Let's get to some live questions now. Again, some of these are longer answers, but obviously we, we can only, you know, it's not... Uh, we can do what we can do. Okay. Okay, you're on. Hi, thank you for taking my uh, my question. And I, I think you're wonderful. I, I listen to you all the time. Um, so my question is about Hisbodadut because yes. I I want to do Hisbodadut and I haven't been able to as of yet. Um, and my question is, how does a person do hispotidut if they're afraid to go into their mind because the dark thoughts that are in their mind are overwhelming? Right. Okay. It's a great, it's a great answer. A great question. Um, 
you should know that the first 10 years of me being in Breslov, I never did this Bodhidut until the whole world came in on me. So you should know that because it's something so great, Rabbi Nachman called it higher than everything, you're going to have a lot of resistance. Remember, resistance is the Yetzirah's mechanism to allow you to, to do anything. Anytime you have resistance, instead of giving up, you, you need to turn it up. Um, what you have to recognize is the purpose of his Bodhidut is actually to talk about that. You're his Bodhidut should be creator of the world. I have nothing but darkness and dark thoughts, and I want to speak to you, and I can't speak to you. That is his Bodhidut, by the way. His Bodhidut is an open conversation. It's not a video game where you click the right box and you, and you win a million dollars. It's actually pouring out your heart, your worries, your anxieties. You're, you're casting everything. Exactly what you just said. I could do his Bodhidut, exactly what you just asked me about. Create a world. I have tremendous negative thoughts. I have such darkness. I have such fear speaking to you. Help me, um, help me get that awareness. Help me surrender so, the fear. So it, it goes deeper than that, though, because the, you know, for, you know, 10, 12 years when I was a child, you know, starting mm -hmm. from probably about eight years old, um, it was beaten into me, you know, both physically and mentally that, you know, I was hated and I should die. And, you know, it didn't end until I left. So all of that is, is sure. deep. Right. So, so it's very common that, you know, your, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your God, with your creator, very, it's very common. But as you grow in consciousness, you'll see that. You'll actually be, be at a point where you're actually going to forgive them. There's a very simple principle in life. Hurt people, hurt others. There's no way. If, if, you're in a good, if you're in a good state of mind, you would never hurt other people. So you almost have to assume that your parents uh, were not in a good state of mind or, or so whoever, whoever did those horrific things to you, they were hurt themselves. So the fact that they did that, you have to give them compassion. So in his, in one of the things of, uh, which for, before he's doing his book, I actually recommend you to read this book called Tomer Devorah or the Kabbalah or Forgiveness. Either one. Before doing his bodhi, first try to read this one, the Kabbalah forgiveness. Remember, the word forgiveness is for giving. You're giving yourself. You understand? So it's, it, it's very hard to, to go and approach your creator if you're saying, well, look at this creator. He gave me this kind of parent and who destroyed my life. Why would I go speak to him? So first you need to change the, uh, your perspective of your creator as a, you know, somebody out there, uh, punitive. You have to look at your creator as nothing but ain't so. Um, also, you should recognize that the, because you have so much resistance and that his bodhidut, that, that the, what you're going to get out of it is unbelievable. Uh, and this is exactly with anything in life. The reason why we have any kind of resistance in our lives is because our Yetzirah does not want us to do it. The Yetzirah has to create resistance according to the greatness of the reward we would get and the greatness of the feeling we would get in any area of our lives. Uh, but you should continue to, to, to do it. But first, I would recommend you to read Tomer Devorah or Kabbalah Forgiveness. And then when you read the book, after you read the book, 30 days, go back there with a different approach. Because right now you have a lot of resentment. You have a lot of, you have a lot of anger. Um, and, you know, what are you going to say? Uh, you know, you, you, you're looking at your creator completely different. So right now you're not going to get the best results. It's better you should read this book first. And then you'll see a different perspective and then go back and do it. Unbelievable. Here we go. You're on. I get it. Thank you for taking my question. Um, I've been taking advantage very badly from someone the past year. It felt like, like I've been a big victim. And Baruch Hashem, recently I've been doing enormous therapy to overcome that. And I, I know where I want to go. 
but there is that certain line, a certain point where it gets that transition where something is blocking me. It's just because I've this whole past year, there's this feeling of like, I know it sounds funny, but like it's kishmak to be a nebuch. It's kishmak that mm-hmm. I don't have to take responsibility. You know, they everyone has to feel bad about me. And I, you know, and that feeling is not allowing me to release and jump over that and, you know, overcome it. That is one of the biggest blocks. What is the best advice you could give to make that transition? Right. right. We know, you know, self-pity is actually, you're actually getting a kick. It's sort of, you're getting juice out of it. Um, you know, it, it, it gets you, you know, you're getting a lot of chiyut from it. So when you're going through a situation, you don't need self-pity, you need strength. Um, and obviously you can recognize, okay, it's worked for you for a while, but at the end of the day, so there's a lot of fear of, of taking action. So what you need to do is obviously first you have to forgive them and you also have to get another, enough leverage. Okay, right now it's good, but imagine another five years like this, what it's going to look like. Um, and the reason why you need to forgive them is because you're forgiving them to get your energy back. Um, you're not forgiving them for them. You're giving them because right now you're being controlled by that person right now. And when you forgive that person, you take the control back. And that's what's going to give you that energy back. And again, I strongly recommend Tomer Devora of Kabbalah Forgiveness. Anytime God gives us very difficult people in our lives, it's an opportunity for us to forgive them so we can get forgiven. Um, and right now, you're, you're not, you know, you can't get into this why me mindset. You have to get into this what's, what's next. Again, I strongly, another one, recommend uh, forgiveness from, again, because when we forgive, basically we mimic our creator. That's what Tomer Devora is about. It's basically anytime you forgive somebody, it's literally you're getting a tremendous amount of compassion. That's exactly what you need right now. And then from there, you have to recognize that this is cute, this payoff, this self-pity, it's giving you a chayut right now. But at the end of the day, imagine five more years, I guess. That pain is going to become, that pleasure you're getting is going to be a lot of pain. So this is where you have to recognize you have to take control back and do it through tefillah, do it through his bodhidus, do it through talking to Hashem, and Hashem will give you that strength back. Forgiving can be a process, right? It can take a while. Absolutely, absolutely. How would you know? How long? That's why I recommend. Normal. <laughs> that's why, Rabbi. That's why. That's why I recommend that you're looking at when you're looking at forgiveness. You have to get the. If you're looking, if if you look at forgiveness as you're giving, forgiving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm actually getting something out of it. You're getting your energy back, and this is why I strongly recommend this book, Kabbalah Forgiveness, or Tomer Devora, Because basically what I've done, I remember going through the situation where uh, I got divorced originally and I was at a from couple with four kids um, and they basically testified against me in my divorce. And I was, so, um, I was so angry and I wanted to say, you know what, never again, when am I going to help these people, et cetera. And because I forgave them, I got the biggest, biggest, biggest surprise in my life. So anytime we can forgive other people when it's that bad, we get tremendous amount of mercy in between you and me right now. What do we need? We need a, we need revenge or we need mercy. So when I, when I, this is why I strongly recommend people Kabbalah forgiveness and Tomer Devora. It basically teaches you, you can be a, a, a co-creator. It's a process. You need a lot of strength for it. You need prayer, but you need to understand the way, why we have to forgive them is because that person's controlling your life and you need to get your control back. That's why. Why do you, you want to be controlled? I mean, there's people that are, have not forgiven and people are in, in the cemetery for that sake. <laughs> I mean, they're still controlling their lives and the person's not even alive. So we want to get the control back in our lives and we want to be able to get mercy. That's why I'm a very big person on forgiving. And again, you're not going to be able to do this 
through the logical brain. This requires prayer, it requires meditation. And again, the purpose of meditation is the following, is to get you to an expanded consciousness where you see that now as an opportunity to, to forgive and you recognize that person was only hurt and that's why they did it to you. They didn't do it to you because they meant it. So that for that reason itself is you can give them uh, a lot yeah. of grace. I would, I, I would tell you one person that really helped me with this is Dr. David Lieberman. He's one of my mentors. Um, he, Dr. David Lieberman is, is on another, is in another league uh, with this air, his books, Free Will Works, um, Never Get Angry Again. But they, Dr. David Lieberman really was one of my mentors. I would say his books really, really helped me tremendously get to the next level. Could you, could you give us uh, just a snippet for beginners from meditation? How do they start? What do they do? And how long does it have to be? Right. So I, his, I his do Okay, I do his body do. Well, like walk us through okay. it a little bit because I am not familiar. For beginners, for beginners, beginners, for beginners. The, the first thing I do is I I I have tremendous amount of gratitude. I have tremendous gratitude. It's very important to have the same location, um, the same place you're doing it. The consistency is very very important. Where you know one thing that you do it. I do it very early in the morning. The reason why I do it very very early in the morning is there's a lot of clarity. My my medit my his body do will start at four o'clock in the morning. 4.30, very, very early, because I want to get, you know, I have to people not so I want to get advantage of that, that clarity in the air. And then basically what I do is I, I really, I start with gratitude. Um, then I'll start with all of a sudden mishpat. I'll start with, uh, you know, I'll do a little cheshman and nefesh. This I could have done wrong. And then I'll ask for awareness, awareness in different areas of my life. I have many classes on his bodhidut. But the whole point of his bodhidut is more importantly that you're actually not running away from the problem anymore. You're actually approaching the issue. And that itself is the, is the greatest thing you could do. Because most of the judgment comes today, not so much of what you're saying. It's because you're, you're running away from the problem. That is more the issue. Um, that's, we, we, forget what you're saying. It's more like the fact that I'm approaching my creator with, with intention to speak. And even saying something, it's showing my, my creator that I'm interested and I'm approaching things versus running away from things. And this is what the majority of the world is doing, is not even trying to, to approach things. They don't want to feel. They want to run away from it. And that's the why there's, there's so much, this extra pain is because they're not approaching their creator. They're just running away from their creator. So you could see, yes, there's a lot of people that are in pain. For example, you could tell me a guy has diabetes. He's in pain, but he's eating better. Is he exercising? So a lot of the, that pain is really, really, he created that accumulation of pain. I know, for example, if I don't do my, my his bodhidut, if I don't do my learning, if I don't have my rituals, I'm in the worst mood in the world. So it's not for me, it's not even a question whether or not I do it or not. I look at it as oxygen. Because if not, what happens during the day? We end up holding things. We end up, somebody makes a comment, we hold it. Your wife says something. Next thing you know, we start developing resentment. We start holding negativity. And next thing you know, somebody says something, it, it, it triggers us. So remember, stress is never external. Stress is always internal. Wow. I hope that helped. Yes, it was very deep. Though. Okay, let's go. We have so many more live. You're but I have, many, I have many classes on this both to do. It's, it's very hard to, to do it in two minutes. Okay, you're on. Yeah, hello? Yeah, hi. Yeah. Hi. You mentioned before about like, like, godless. Like, I want to know right. how to get mindset because I remember I met you, Rosh Hashuna, like, um, I could testify you up like 4.30 a.m. I saw you by the Tzian of Ramanachman and you were like making this nice prayers and his brothers. And then I asked you, you said you should have Moichah. So I want to know how to get into this 
what you say, you know, you call like the godless of Michael's it's more like have an over, uh, like more consciousness and a larger overview of what's really going on versus all details. Correct. Very good. So that, that itself, Mokum Gadlut is to be able to see the big picture and look at something consciously. Uh, Mokum Kadnut is to be a victim of the situation. So the way you do it, obviously, is by combination of prayer and consciousness and learning and that. Um, and my, for example, my awareness is, is always, what does my creator want from me in this situation? What, what does he want from me? For example, if my wife's not happy, what does he want from me? What does he want me to work on it? Um, if my business is, uh, if something's wrong with my business, do I have too much fear? Am I worrying about my business? I, I know what to let go. Basically, I'm diagnosing the problem of not asking situations to change, but I'm always asking myself to change. That's what I'm concerned about. The, the real humility is changing yourself, not the outside world, because the outside world automatically changes when you change yourself. So that is Mokham Gadlu, to be able to see the big picture. And this is what we're supposed to do. But today we're, we're too busy running away from pain. We're too busy, uh, you know, blaming people for the situation. We're busy complaining. We're busy uh, resenting. So you're not getting the awareness. That's the bottom line. You're not getting the awareness of why you're going through that situation. Let, let's talk about Panosa. Somebody needs to make uh, more money. So what does he have to change in him? He feels that everybody right. out there has to change, not him. Correct. <laughs> okay. Hashem, what, what does he have to do? You, usually for Parnassa, this is what the Gemara tells us, when a person is running out of money, he should give, he should give charity. Um, you know, why is the Gemara telling you to give charity if you're running out of money? Because what, what got you into the problem is not what's going to get you out of the problem, obviously. You, you, many times, there's a, you know, Noam Elimelech talks about that, you know, when, if, when, the, when the Jews ask, what will we ask? Well, you know, what will we ask? All of a sudden, they, 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 you disrupt your spiritual channels of abundance. When you worry, you have chronic worry, you have chronic anger. Rabbi Nachman speaks about anger destroying Parnassa. Worrying also disrupts Parnassa. Rabbi Nachman says the greatest way to draw Parnassa to you is the Bitahon. And Bitahon is all about not having control, not having, uh, you know, always things have to always be certain for you and being able to give a lot of charity. And when you're able to have those things, you have a Bitahon, you have that clarity. Again, I run businesses. I'm not here in a, in a you know, in, in a bank teller. I, I'm, I'm running big businesses. And one of the things that me and my wife, Baruch Hashem, have had is tremendous amount to be the and, we, and we've been hit with tremendous challenges, but we were calm, confident through those challenges because we remembered there was times in the past that we went through those challenges and God saved us. So just like when you're going through a future challenge, you've been saved in the past, draw upon the miracle in the past. I want to I want to jump into this little angle. It's a little different than what we spoke about so far. Somebody send me a question. This, and, yeah, and, and this is another that. book. Uh, this is another book I strongly recommend. The base lazy on 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 Bitachon. It's a phenomenal book. It's, it's maybe ten to 15, 20 strategies on on Parnassa. I mean, it's really well written. Strongly recommend. Again, if you want to talk about working out, you listen to working out videos. You get a training. You want to talk about Bitachon. You got to be all in. This is the problem. Was we're not we're we're very interested today, but we're not we're not committed. This is the world today. Very interested. Oh, I'm interested. That's nice. But nobody's committed. And that's the difference today. We have very few people that are really committed. They want everything, but they don't want to, they're just interested. And that's why you're not getting what you're getting. Why are people and not committed? There's a, there's a fear? Because there's a fear. It's out of the comfort zone. Uh, it's something new. They're used to this. Uh, they're used to being comfortable. Well, listen, 80% of the Jews got stuck in Egypt because they were comfortable. Being comfortable is a problem. It, it, it's a payoff. You don't have to risk any failure. Nobody's going to tell you anything. You're comfortable. But at the end of the day, 
you're going to recognize it's going to hurt your self-esteem because if you're not growing, you can't give. And if you can't give, you can't be happy. So what, what do you, at the end of the day, this is the payoff. The payoff of being comfortable is you have a life of no meaning. And what, what else are you going to focus on for your problems? But when, you're, when you have things going on in your life and you, and you have purpose and you have things going on, you're not, those problems don't take the life of its own. Okay, I have an issue, but it's not, my whole life is not my problem. I want to go on this angle because I think it's something we, a different angle. I understand that you yeah. have to let go. And like we said, and believe and do this, boy, this. But how do I let go when the person who's painting you keeps on actively doing that? Okay. So for, number one, you have to recognize, sometimes you have to put a boundary. Um, there's, you know, I, I've gone through one divorce. I'm not telling you to get divorced, but there's time to put boundaries. There's, there's a symptom. You have to make a symptom in Kabbalah. You can't just, if you can't handle that person, you have to make a boundary. So sometimes you need a boundary. Um, and sometimes not every situation works out, uh, but there is times for boundaries. But if it's something where you're constantly, it's happening over and over to you in every single relationship, then it's a problem with self-esteem. You're just taking, every, you're making everything about you and you're taking everything too personal. So that's where, you know, just like a pregnant woman, she can't run from labor pains if the labor pains are inside. <laughs> so that issue, ha she has to recognize that's an interior problem. And that's usually anytime we're dealing with toxicity and anything like that. We have the first question, am I over, am I really minimizing this issue or am I really, really emotionalizing this issue? And that's usually by taking self-esteem. Okay, let's go to the next live question. You're on. Hi. I find that um, we talk about anxiety stemming from fear. Hi. My own fear that comes from like just being able to make the right decisions in life. I was never, say, a practical person in the sense of it, you know, problem solving is always you know it's kind of an issue with me how do I know it's the right it's the right, right. thing to do is my thinking distorted is you know am I really looking at it correctly uh, you know is it silly is it just plain stupid and uh, uh, maybe that ties with my own fears of always being you know labeled stupid so I mean how do you uh, are you an air, are you are you an air, are you an air sign by the way are you an air sign um, I'm a water sign. Well, the, the secular calendar, but Scor yeah. well, Scorpio. Although, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Okay. So <laughs> usually, water it, on it, the brain. Like, <laughs> usually, usually, you have a habit of of, not, of procrastinating. But again, the reason why we don't make a decision uh -huh. is we're concerned. What? How am I going to look? How am I going to look? You're always too concerned about how you're going to look. So the real issue is not the decision making; it's the self esteem. You're too concerned. That, oh, what happens if I fail? What happens if I look? But if you just made a decision and you learned on the way, you wouldn't you wouldn't care so much about people. So that issue of lack of decision making is really self esteem. It's a lack of self esteem of you're afraid to make a mistake, you're afraid to be judged, you're afraid to. So what happens? You rather not make a decision, and that leads you to more anxiety because you recognize, wow, nothing's ever moving in my life. So it's definitely rooted in in, in maybe fear of not of approval or fear oh. of not uh, you know not being loved, so, which is also rooted in self esteem. Step number one to gain self-esteem: get get action. Get do hard things. Do That's what's true. easy. Do what's hard now, and it'll be easy for you later. But if you do what eats easy now, it's hard for you later. All self-esteem. This is why all addicts have have very low self-esteem is because they receive things for nothing. You know, they, they get high with with no work. So anytime we receive uh, things without working for it, it leads you to shame, and shame just you know triggers this low self-esteem. So I would recommend making a decision and surrendering the outcome. If it's you, either you learn or you win, doesn't mean you have to win all the time. And you, you have to really recognize who cares about what the outcome is.
one way or another, you're going to learn or you're going to win. Instead of always making being self-centered, lack self-esteem is a lot. Self, when you become humble, you're not so interested in yourself all the time. Whereas, whereas lack, low self-esteem is all self-centered. Humility is the exact opposite of self-esteem. It's it's the complete opposite. When you're humble, you're not interested in what people say. Self is low self-esteem is all you care is about what people say. Unbelievable. Let's go to the next live question you're on. Um, hi. So I have a two-part question. I don't know if it's too broad. Um, what are some basic red flags to look out for when dating? And what are some serious deal breakers when already in a relationship? Right. It's a little broad. I mean, um, <laughs> some of the, again, deal breakers is definitely very, very, getting very, very physical in a relationship right away. That's a deal. That's gonna. That's gonna go nowhere. <laughs> I guarantee you. Uh, a lot of times, in relationships, there's too much. There's too much infatuation, and they call it love. That's a. That's a deal breaker. Because you're never gonna get to know the person. Believe me, I'm going to Beverly Hills to tell them. Listen, that what you guys think is love is. You think infatuation is love. You're completely off on that. Um, that's a deal breaker. That for sure is gonna go nowhere because once you get physical, your emotions are all over the place. You don't have true judgment. Uh, there's no sense of dots. It's just. And also, whether the person is very growth-minded, um, I would say that. There's no, nothing wrong with having issues. But how humble are they? Are they growth-minded? What do they do? Do they have a rabbi? Do they have people they look up to? Um, or are they very self-centered and they know they're right? You know? Very important, the person should be very open-minded. If he's very closed-minded, it's going to be a problem. So I would say, again, do not get physical. That is the, the number one deal-breaker. Um, second, obviously, the person should be very growth-oriented and should have healthy self-esteem, should be very open-minded versus being closed-minded and his way or the highway. There's a lot more. I mean, I have tons of classes for singles, but that's just a, uh, a small one. Also, looking to give into a relationship instead of just getting in a relationship. A lot of singles go, what am I getting out of this? And end up getting nothing. So you want to go in there to give, not just to get okay what, what would you tell if somebody has been in therapy for a while and he's trying to do the work but it's just not working they're working on the anxiety it, mm. it seems to help a little bit but it's not really working the question is from your point your point of view how do i work on it right many many things sometimes if people go to therapy they become too institutionalized that's one of the issues um, second is sometimes they go to therapy, they get potential, but now they have to take action. They don't take action on, the, on what they learn in therapy. Um, so that could be a problem. And the third is you have to now attach meaning. I always say therapy without meaning is not going to get you enough. I mean, I have to go through a situation. I have to go to things. If let's say I'm going to therapy for anxiety attack, and I don't recognize that this problem got me closer to my creator. There's a bigger meaning. There's a bigger purpose why that happened to me. Then you're always going to get stuck in therapy. It's very, very important to really, really what recognize. What happens if I can't figure out that purpose? Why can't, what happens if I'm going to, I don't know the purpose of it? Just so sometimes, you need, sometimes you need a different therapist. Because um, you want a therapist to get you into meaning. Um, if it's just, just to talk about why you're anxious uh, without meaning, without you know, getting you to, a, to, to meaning, some kind of meaning why I'm going through this. Um, I find that's why you need spirituality. Just therapy without spirituality. I haven't seen that many good results. Because remember, the problem is in the heart, according to Rav Nachman. When we're, we're, when we're in this world with just too much logic, we have to bring it down to the heart. I mean, just like learning Torah. You can learn Torah and have no Amuna. You can have religion and have no Amuna, 
and you could walk around completely miserable. <laughs> uh, we see this all the time. It doesn't mean because you have religion, you're going to guarantee to be happy. There's tons of thousands of religious people that are miserable because they don't have a Muna. They don't have a Muna. So religion without a Muna is really as much as therapy without, without, without having meaning or a bigger purpose or a bigger calling. That's if my some, opinion. If somebody, wants to, if somebody wants to bring it into the therapy room, they want to mention to their therapist they heard Sunday nights from the Dalai Sense that they want a little bit of, of uh, spirituality. Faith-based, faith-based, something with faith-based. Then it could be not for them. Yeah, some, some therapists are very, very egotistical. They're very, uh, they're one way. It's only science. And they, no, there has to be faith-based. This is why I love the 12 steps so much. This is why there has to be, again, you just get stuck in, in, in just the details. Um, and where when you have faith, you recognize there's a much bigger purpose. There's some situations you can't figure out. You just have to believe that Hashem put you there for a reason. You're not going to get so, certainty on everything in life. So if it's faith-based, even if the therapist is not true. There has to be something, maybe logotherapy with Victor Frankl's work or, or stuff that has to deal with a higher calling, a something with faith, something with spirituality, because God doesn't give. Listen, we, we try to fix spiritual problems with, with chemical solutions, and then the problem is spiritual. I, I don't know one client that has gone through my thousands of thousands that there is not a spiritual issue there. Low self-esteem is a spiritual issue. Uh, anxiety is a spiritual issue. No, no trust in your creator. What are you thinking you're going to get? You're going to fall in fears. These are all spiritual issues. We're spiritual beings. 100%. 100%. 100%. You know, sometimes you need, you see, when the clients have a, a really bad addiction, they're more vulnerable and they're more open-minded to everything. But when they're just, it's just a little anxiety, sometimes they're not, uh, they, don't, they don't treat it as bad. As well, what, what kind of life is it with, without having bitahan? It's a miserable life. Because remember, the emotions of, of, of fear is very simple. It's anxiety and withdrawal. So anytime your main emotions are you're, you're withdrawing from things, withdrawing, which means not going into action, withdrawing, and anxiety, that means the real, the real root of the problem is fear. It's fear. And your energy level when you have fear is very low. You have a very low energy level and you attract more fearful things. Again, a fearful person is always going to be frightened. A person with bitachon is not going to always be frightened. An angry person is always going to be angry. In life, we don't get what we, what we are. We, we don't like we, things, things that have the meaning based on, on our perspective of reality. But let's, let's understand the angry, angry person is always angry because there's somebody else making him angry. And no, that's what he's, that's, he's, I'm just saying, that's what he's saying. Yeah. And you're, yeah, exactly. you want him to stop being angry. How should he stop that Bingo. pattern? Once, once you have to recognize that you cannot get angry unless something got triggered. It's pretty much, this is a, a good analogy I like to use. Imagine you're holding a Coca-Cola can and you're shaking and shaking and shaking and all day long with festering of resentment. And next thing you know, Somebody opens it up and it explodes. And you say, look at this guy, he exploded, my, he exploded my soda can. But if you had water, you would never be able to do that. You cannot be triggered with anger unless you're holding that anger yourself. You cannot be fearful if you're not holding that anxiety yourself, period. That means my job is to let go of every single thing that happened to me, et cetera, so I don't develop. Like we always said many times um, that something first becomes a mood, then it becomes a temperament, then it becomes a personality. You understand? You became that personality because you, you stayed in that area in, the, in your life. 
you see COVID, for example, many people reacted completely different to COVID because of what they were holding inside. Um, many people react completely different to everything in life. I got divorced, I got remarried in, in 30 days. <laughs> I don't hold fear, I believe, I have trust. So I don't worry about what happened. Maybe it's not gonna happen again. Maybe it's this is gonna happen because I don't, I don't function like that because I don't hold that fear in. But if you hold fear and you're trying to get, you're, you're going dating, what do you think all you're doing is looking for, for guarantees, you're looking for uh, all, nothing, nothing, but more, more, more control, control because of a, a lack of bitahan. If, if it had, it became a personality already, how do they change? It's very hard. They have, they have to, to turn they have around to, correct. the boat. Yeah, exactly. They have to know, first they have to let go of what made them feel fearful. And it could have been a childhood. It could have been a childhood. It could have been um, an event in their lives that they have that, that recognize I have to be fearful. You know, for example, let's say somebody uh, got cheated on in a relationship and they're going to go into a new relationship. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to go, and with fear, unless they let go and process, everything has to be processed with the therapist. You have to process it and then you have to let it go. I'm very, very big on therapy. Um, it, it just, it's very few people could do this themselves. You need a different perspective and you need somebody to, to, to help, help you process it and let it go. Okay, with that, let's go further. It's unbelievable. Okay, you're on. Hi, um, so I have a question in regards to like the single, uh, being a single. Um, if a person is working on their bitachon um, like a lot and according to like reality, you have to go to every shadchan and you go to every single event, let's say, and working on more of what you're saying in regarding like attracting the one, is taking a break from dating a bad thing? <laughs> I, listen, between you and me, I had so much bitachon that I had no fear. I, I, I think I, I would rather you work on, you, you could say you're working on your bitachon, but you have to make sure there's no fear. Because remember, what's the difference between the bitachon and fear? Is you're not exhausted by the process. When you exhaust, you sound exhausted by the process. When you're exhausted by the process, that means it's, you, you, there's, you think you have trust, but you still have a little fear in it. So it shouldn't be exhausting. <laughs> yeah, because you sound you sound completely exhausted. So it doesn't. Pretty much. Just a, okay, so you don't. You can't have bitahon. You can't be bitahon and be exhausted. Right. Because it's, bitahon is something that's in you. You you're you're, you're alive when you have bitahon. There's no negative thoughts when you have bitahon. You can have a mona. You can have, You can believe you're going to get married, but you're still worried that you're not going to get married. So you probably have faith. What you need to do is you need to have bitahon. Bitahon is more of an attraction. You attract the person. I met my wife, she came straight to my house. <laughs> it's an attraction. You don't have to go get it. How do you know you're in a very good conscious place when things start coming to you and you don't have to even go after them? So she should let go. She should, let go. She, should she should really, she shouldn't be exhausted, first of all, because the exhaustion, you know, what happens when you show up exhausted to a date? You're saying, oh, this guy's not, the you're judging the guy already. You understand? We, we Because we're exhausted and and we, we don't have that bitachon 100%, we find ways to get out of it, to withdraw from the situation through, you know, through judgment. So you don't have 100% bitachon. You might say you do, but your question itself told me you didn't have it. So work on, I don't think you should, you should, you should take a break. There's no reason to take a break. You're only taking a break because you're exhausted. So change it up to saying every single opportunity is an opportunity to get married, Surrender the outcome and you'll see the exhaustion won't happen. And then you'll even ask that question, should I take a break? Many, many people are asking that for, 
you know, the listening to you, it sounds like you have huge amount of bitachon. But for somebody who yes. doesn't even know what that means, I mean, he knows what it means, but they don't know how to apply it. Where do we start? First, you have to... Beginning. Good question. Good question. First, you have to surrender the fear. Like, I cannot get... Eat, I cannot lose weight until I stop eating bad foods. You cannot be in shape. You, even if you ate good foods and you had bad foods, you will not be in shape. First, you have to eat... The, you have to cut the toxic situations such it's, as fear. It's hard. It's hard. Okay? I so like this is where, No question. No question. But again, you have to... All this fear is... is how do we know? Fear is resistance. Fear is... Uh, fear is control, fear is uh, certainty. You're not created in this world just to, to walk in here and be a gummy bear. I mean, you have to have challenges. You have to show your creator. This is otherwise, what would the purpose of this world for? It would be too easy. It would be the bread of shame. So we, we get challenged in our lives and there's areas in our lives that our creator is pointing out to us over and over so we can fix them. And when you start facing them and fix them, you're going to get a lot of results. But when you sit in fear, because remember, what are you getting in fear? All you're getting is control and certainty. That's all you're doing. It's a weakness. It's not a strength, by the way. You're telling me, well, how can I not worry about something? Yes, that worry itself is you because you're you're not you're not you don't trust your creator. So how do you expect to attract miracles when you're when you're living in fear? I mean, this is it's not going to happen. So you would say, uh, tell the person to go out of his comfort zone. Just I would first. Go out of the car, exactly. And when is a place we go to? And first, more more importantly, surrender all the fear behind something. There's a lot of fear. For example, you're going on a date. Am I going to be happy? Am I going to be this? How do I know it's going to work out? You don't know. You just have to live in the moment. You can't always be need an answer for everything. You have to just live. That's enough to live. And and we're we're so we're so insecure that we need to secure to make sure everything matches up and everything's it's just it's just because of our insecurity. And this doesn't allow us to live. It's always only allowing us to survive. And I always, I always said this line, do not blame God for what your ego did to you. Taking this it is, in. I mean, We're taking between, it in. <laughs> if, you, if, you do, if you do the work, you spend the time talking to God, you learn about Bitechon, just like you work out. You, do, you, you work, you find, eat good food, you, you, you find out the, the best trainer. You get into good shape. It's nothing. Nothing is new. It's just a different. Everything you're successful in life is because you've had you have good rituals in that area, and everything you're not successful in life is because you have lousy rituals in that area. Pretty much the, the principle. You should treat bitachon as much as you should treat your exercise routine, your 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 life. You can't make this. You can't make spirituality. Oh, I'll get to it when I have time. That's you're not going to get the results. So become so comf- uh, become comfortable with with not knowing. Yes, with not knowing. That's, that's bitachon. <laughs> just just let's go. Just do it. You don't. You're not gonna know. It's okay. But how, just, why would you, why would I get you a reward? How would you get a reward if you're not willing to show bitachon? Trust is not something you need. You need a guarantee. Then that's fear. Fear is what you need a guarantee. So if you're not willing to take that that space, you know, you need we need to be the the naksha. We need to be able to cross and we need to believe things are going to work out. And and we how many times do we read this? We read this, I think the most popular verse in the Torah is do not fear. So the problem is we're all learning this stuff and we're not internalizing it. We're not bringing it down into our hearts. And this is the problem. And this is what I'm trying to get people to do it. 
bring so, down bring it so down tell to people tell people to do something out of the comfort zone and teach them learn or either learn or win and now when it doesn't work out they fall flat on their face help them get there's up no, there's no such thing as not working out because either you learn or you win sometimes the vessel has to break in order to be rebuilt there's no such thing as a loss it's a learning opportunity or you win you cannot lose when you have how, the how do you, you teach never this lose. to for beginners Beginners tried something out and it didn't work okay. out. N number one, you have to be humble. When you're humble, you don't think always about yourself. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking yourself less. A person who's humble is willing to go through the process. He's not always looking for, a person has low self-esteem, all he cares about is protecting his ego from failure. So how do you expect to win when all you're doing is nothing but guarding your ego? How do you expect to win? How do you expect to have energy? That's why I showed you the chart on consciousness. When you're, when, you're living in fear, you, when you're living in fear, you're in a very low vibration. All you're doing is withdrawing and you have anxiety. When you start, and you view life as frightening. But when you start going higher the, on the energy levels, you start living, you start getting more consciousness, you start getting more awareness, and you start, you start growing. Everyone wants a copy of that. <laughs> it's a map of consciousness. It's a map of consciousness. Okay. Can you pick it up again? Just hold it like in the middle. I just want to see it for a second. Sure, sure. A little too close. Go back a little bit. A little back. A little back. A little back. Say something so it's yeah. Say something, good eye. So that it's okay. Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Let's go to the next live question. Okay, you're on. Hello. Yes. Hi. Oh, hi. Um. Could we perhaps hear a step-by-step -step recipe of what we should say when we want to go into his photos? Like, what, what do we do? I, I, would, I would start just the beginning. There's a couple good books. Um, and again, I, I recommend whoever can go onto my podcast, join the podcast. It's uh, on Spotify. It's under my name, Gidal Fenster. Um, it's more detailed. But the first thing is, obviously, is whatever you've been running away from is what's causing the problem. Like we always say this line all the time, running away from pain is what's causing more pain. Your creator is trying to get your attention through any issue. His whole purpose of, the, of getting your attention is so you can approach him. <laughs> you understand? So the fact that you're going to your issue and ask, asking creator of the world, I want to speak to you. Creator of the world, I'm lost, I'm confused. It doesn't matter what you say. It's more importantly that you're there and you're recognizing that he is the one controlling everything. And also when you pray, you're also displaying that you have faith. Prayer and faith go hand in hand. You understand? When I have prayer, I believe in my prayers. I believe in my worthiness. So I start, I start with gratitude. Then I start asking for awareness. Also, then I'll also do a part of my body will be a judgment on myself, things that I could have done wrong. Um, you know, basically I talk about whatever on my heart. You know, whatever's going through my life, whatever's on my heart, etc. I don't know. I hear an echo. Good? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Go, go. I, I do that throughout the day where I speak to Hashem all the time. But it seems it's better to do a dedicated hour in the morning. It's better to be a dedicated, not just this. It's better to be a dedicated hour where you're, again, Remember, it's very different if I'm handling and dealing with a situation through self-pity. When I'm dealing with self-pity, I'm all basically like the mafia saying, creator of the world, why did you put this person in my life? Get him out of here. No, 
you want to find a way, the purpose of prayer, again, it energizes you, it helps you let go, it changes your awareness of the situation, and it, it, there's tr tremendous amount of benefits from it. Um, and this is where, more importantly, is you have to recognize that whatever you learn, also, you need to pray about. So in other words, we if should sit down and have a conversation with Hashem. Bingo. Yes. Bingo. A conversation with Hashem. How, how, how weird does that sound? Yes. That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. It's pretty crazy how that has to be like something that we, 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 we figured that this is all everybody does. I think a lot of How ridiculous. I think a lot of women. Okay. Go ahead. I think yes, like a lot of women feel like a shem like, well, they have, like they like like talk to them like chat. You know what I mean? I think no, that mixing that up with those boys. That's like 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 pour your heart. You have to pour your heart to your creator. Not while they're cooking. Your not while they're making supper. It's better. Listen, I can work out while I'm on the phone eating a smoothie. I'm not going to get results. Okay. You need kavana. It's not. This is not checking the box. Uh, you know. No. This is kavana. You need to go into deep, deep. Uh, meditation deep I, I put music on sometimes it's not something you could just do just to check a box you're not going to get the same results if you really go into a place of where you open up your hearts you're vulnerable and you're and you're and it's really really quiet versus just okay it's nice thank you Hashem for the parking spot that's not the same thing as buzzer. talking that, about you'll you see the difference that's right when you're davening yeah you could you listen again you could work out for five minutes a day you could work out what kind of shape do you want to be in it all depends on what kind of shape you want to be in. I can give you a five-minute workout. I can give you a seven-minute workout. I can give you a 30-minute workout. What shape do you want to be in? Okay. If I'm telling you, I'm, listen, if I'm telling you, Ramachman said is the greatest than everything. The awareness that I get at that hour, I would tell you um, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. It's, it's a tremendous awareness that you can go to and... And you can ask for things and, and, and your creator gives you intuition. And, and the more you do it, the more, the better is. And most important part of, of, of talking to God and dealing with it is you're getting into expanded consciousness because you're no longer, you're no longer shooting the this, this stick. You're focusing now on the purpose of the situation. And that's what you should be concerned about. Okay. Is the purpose of the situation? What does God want from me in the situation? Not just you're saying, shooting you're the saying stick. The when, the, when the guy gets hit by the stick and he's, he's angry at the stick. Yeah, it's a, it, or, uh, or that person, or this person. I never. When I have resentment towards my wife, mm. if, I, if I have a shalom bayit okay. issue in my house, the next morning I'm I'm there saying, Creator of the world, you've commanded me not to hold, not to bear any evil in my heart. And I pray, please remove the resentment from my heart. Resume resentment. Why should I hold resentment in my heart? You've told us not to hold anger in our hearts. So I ask him to remove the anger from my heart. I don't ask him to have her change. That's that's a wasted prayer. I'm asking him to remove the resentment that I've had. Why should I have resentment? You told us already how bad resentment is. So I talk about resentment. I talk about letting go of resentment and, 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 and finding good points in her. And finding and seeing love in her. So this is an example of taking a, 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 a shalom bite argument that could that could go for years. And next thing you, you wake up in the morning and you send the person How do you do that if somebody's struggling with Parnassah? Same thing. Same thing. Parnassah is God showing you a sign. Listen, God's going to get your attention in two ways. Relationships or Parnassah. There's not that many other ways. God could get a sickness also. But he's getting your attention. He wants you to rely on him. He wants you to see if you're 
You, how's your moon and your parnasa? Do you believe in yourself? You have limited belief systems in, in, with parnasa. Do you th- how, how is your relationship with money? Uh, do you get depressed when you don't make money? These are all signs of things that you have to look at and you have to re- really recognize. From Nachum Rekhan told us very simple that you can very get clearly get depressed when you don't make money. And when you get depressed when you don't make money, it can put you to sleep spiritually. So now you have two problems. You have depression with the money. Second problem is you're asleep spiritually. And next thing you know, you're going to go into very dark places. So you have to, anytime you you're, you're work something that you're, you're struggling in, Hashem, you, you, got, you got my attention. Give me the awareness of why I'm going through that situation. Hey, I mean, I hate, to, I hate to make it so simple, but that's my whole thing in life is simplify everything. Also when everything else is problematic. Second, that you say when somebody goes to a situation and whether via therapy or whatever they're doing, they can't figure out why they're going through it. They should then, during this boat, just ask Hashem to clarify why they're going through it. They could use that as well as time for clarification as well. He, he will get them because Ramnachman says, I will give you the wisdom in your hearts. So you will get the answer in Bina. You get it through the heart. You have to also understand that the exile of Egypt was an exile of consciousness. It's an exile in Dat. So the solution to everything is Dat. The solution to everything is Dat. How does one know if it's an answer or it's just a thought that came up? It's usually when I, when I feel it, I actually hear the voice. Rav Nachman actually says in Lesson 124, that if you speak to your creator and you open up your heart, he'll actually give you the words on, on, on what to tell him. It's like an aspect of Ruach HaKodesh. Many times I've, I've, got, I've, I've done a class and God's taken over. Sometimes he takes over my pilot. You know, I'm praying about something next, you know, that praying about right something. happening right now? I know what's happening now. Many times I go to a class, I have a whole prepared speech and I talk about nothing but it, nothing but the class. I, the next thing you know, I'm in a different direction completely. Um, you just want to you want to focus on connecting, not getting. See today also when you're praying and you want to get, also it disrupts the kavana. Just go to go to connect, create the world. I want to speak to you. I want to have a relationship with you. Open up my heart. Let me talk to you. Open up the words. Sometimes I have to put music sometimes because I'm very stressed out. Sometimes I have to breathe before I do it. You know, every situation is different. There's not one uh, cookie cutter thing. There's a different emotion. Sometimes people people have a hard time getting words out of their mouth. There's sometimes I say Shalaylam, I have nothing to say. That is my hisbodedut. <laughs> That's enough of a hisbodedut. And you That's stay enough there. Of saying. And you stay there. And I, and I stay there. I do as much thinking as possible. I do a little breathing, and sometimes that was that's a test. But the whole again mm-hmm. to get to, to get to the big picture, we're not concerned of what you say. Sometimes it will come to you. We're more concerned that you're taking this as an opportunity to come to your creator. Our sages say when you do tshuva, punishment is canceled. When you're going to the right direction, when you're fixing the situation, your creator is no longer getting your attention through people. There's no greater waste of time than dealing with pointing at the messenger. I cannot tell you what a waste of time it is. It's not going to get you anything in your life. You have to go. If your guy gave you a difficult person in your life, speak to your creator. Find a way to get a mercy. If the guy gave you a difficult spouse, he has this, they're doing that, find a way. Believe me, it has nothing to do with the people. You have to be concerned more about the bigger picture. There's tons of live questions. Let's try to cover a lot more. Okay, David, you're on. Good evening. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. And thank you. 
Thank you for bringing my family back to Yiddishkeit. You know, uh, Yossi, my son, and, and Shua, my younger son, they both became uh, Baal Chuba. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. I used to be a Lubavitcher chassid, uh, had a big beard, the whole shtick, and I went away for quite a while. Anyway, I was sent through uh, marriage counseling through my Rav uh, many years ago, and I was still a Lubavitcher, and we weren't counseling. And uh, he told me once, the counselor would go to Al-Anon. Mm. And that's where I met Rabbi Tversky all the Shalom. It was I was close yeah, with him. Um, and he used to tell when I took him home to Muncie to his home, I drove him home. He asked me because the, the rub of my shoulder was related to him. He says to me, I asked him, I says, What do you think about Alan? He says, I I said, You I go to meetings myself. He says, Yeah, I go to meetings also. He says, I go to Alan mm. meetings. Um and AA meetings when I can. What do you, what do you think about Alan? Because this is all the stuff you're talking about, which I love about you. Strong, strongly recommended. Strongly recommended. It, it, everything that you're saying, I'm a testimony. I, my parents were Holocaust survivors. I was a from Jew, doing all the actions, the davening, the everything. But inside, I was nothing but fear, anxiety. Right. I didn't believe Bingo. in them. I was just thinking about Miami. I was thinking about California. I was doing all these external Yiddish things, learning, you know, uh, Hasidus, the Bavish Hasidus, right. but the, uh, there was nothing inside of me. It was an empty, uh, there was empty no neshama, just a goof walking around this planet with no amuna, no betachan, no, no nothing. The Yiddishkeit mean not, meant nothing to me. I, I went off the dera. I threw it all out the window. What brought me back was that bought this from a uh, counselor told me to go to Alan. What do you think about Alan? Right. Because Alan's talking about everything that you're talking about is what I learned in Alan and I learned from you, which enhances it, which also brought my sons back to Yiddishkeit, thank God. We all came back. Beautiful. My son considered himself a breast lover because he says, Gadalia brought me to breast lover. He made me a ball Beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. Uh, again, I strongly recommend it. Uh, um... I mean, obviously, if you know, sometimes people don't have the head for Torah in that in that mindset. So they have to. You need something, and usually the twelve steps will help them. But if they if they have the head Torah, then I would recommend going search. You know, oh, Rabbi Nachman tells us we we always have to search. Just because something didn't work out for you, you can go. To, we always have to search. But there's nothing wrong with the twelve steps. They're phenomenal. I, many religious Jews come to my program and they learn more from. They get more spiritual, believe it or not, there than some, unfortunately. In other areas, um, their perspective opens up an area, and and they re they recognize they were religious, but they weren't spiritual. And that's what we're missing today. Okay, we're good. Let's go to the next live one. You're on. Hi. Hi, Amar. Yes. Hi, thank you. Welcome, Gadali. Welcome to Lakewood, to Brooklyn, mm -hmm. to Williamsburg, to the Hasidish Shahai Mishaylov. I'm so glad to Wonderful. have you here. I love everything uh, but the food. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> I love everything but the food. Good. Um, I'm a student of yours for many years. Grateful to my husband that he introduced me to your classes. And actually, I've done the work. I want to tell everybody it works. Yeah. And I'm here to ask you it works. Yes. And I'm grateful that things show up to me. For example, I need a cleaning lady. I'm like, oh, I need a cleaning. And believe it or not, my cleaning lady will text me, oh, you know, I have a couple of hours available. Like things really show up to me. Like I think it and I link it. How can I explain it to people, beginners in Shaduch? I'm like, oh, they're so stressed. They're even part oh, they're taking this class. They're doing this. They're going to this mentor and this business coach. And they're doing work and they're spending thousands 
for business coaches or for how like right. things show up, like relax or even shaduchim, they really show up. Like, how do I explain it? I, I forgot already what I've done, but it right. works. The person has to be in a position to receive. Um, you know, that's sometimes they're not in a position to receive, you know? Yeah, I think the Rav Cook says, the higher the truth, the more simple it is. Uh, Rav Nachman said, my whole union is simplicity. But sometimes people believe things have to be super hard. So they, you know, they have to go through that route. Sometimes people just need the experience. And then we don't, when they don't get there, I always like to get people when they, okay, you try everything else, then come to me afterwards. Come open to me. Um, so again, there has to be, the person has to be willing to listen. You don't, don't, don't force it towards people. Because then they'll go away from it. Just hint to it. Oh, it helped. It worked out with me. Suggest it if they like it. You know, you help them, but don't don't force it on people. People don't like to be told what to do today, unfortunately. Especially when they're struggling, they don't like to be told what to do. Okay, unbelievable, Gadaya. Um, demonstrate. Do, do more demonstration, less instruction. That's Interesting. Because I, I have a question today. over here. I have a question over here. I just want to get into it a little bit. Somebody said over here. Um, I've listened to many lectures and I'm a seeker. I know I, I know I I feel like I know almost all the concepts, but I don't, but I'm not, I don't feel like I'm actually changing. Can you help me figure out why I'm actually not changing? So logically, I listen right. to all the podcasts, I listen to Gedalia, I listen to all these things and I, I read the books, but I'm not changing. What's what's holding him back from the actual changing? It's a very simple question. The Torah gets you into potential, prayer gets it into actual. You need to bring it down into your heart. You have it again. Chinese people learn Gemara too. Doesn't mean they act. They, you know, they can learn it. They can act it. You have to bring it down into your heart. You have to pray to for you, for you to do it. Um, you know, you can learn tons of magazines and learn magazines and all that. Doesn't mean you're working out. It just you have to pray to fulfill the work. Work. Um, that's one thing. And other issues could be. There's other issues uh, that that could stop a person. Some sometimes being listening to too much philosophy there's certain blockages that a person can get also that i've seen a person's very philosophical you know a lot of philosophy but the most the most practical way um is definitely prayer prayer pray to fulfill it ramnathan said has the book called the 50th gate specifically because he you learn the moran and then he had a whole prayer on the moran just to be able to internalize that so i recommend you Take whatever concept you learned and ask God to help you fulfill them. For example, a person could learn about bitachon, but all day long he could have tons of anxiety. Doesn't mean he he's a he's a he's a he's a bal bitachon. He has a concept of bitachon, but now he has to really internalize that into his heart. I find out. I find out with many concepts. A lot of times, logically, like even therapists. Everything. Everything. I've been my therapist. That's a child therapist, and he's brilliant. And knows how to talk to kids. But when his kid pisses him off, he's like strangling him. I'm like, (laughs) it's logically he has it, but when it's when it's shaking up his heart. Okay, let's go. Bring it down to your heart. That's wrestle 101. Bring the teachings down to your heart. So you're saying via prayer also. Praying through prayer. Through prayer, you could take it from the head to bina. To understanding, bina is understanding something. The the mind is chokma, knowledge. Bina is understanding. You get it? Chokma bina is dot. Yeah. You have to understand it. You're not. He's he's intellectual. It's too much chokma. Bring it down into dot. Got it. Okay. Let's go to the next live question. You're on. Just, just a, a good example with this is you know when you're married, your wife operates completely different than you. She operates on feelings. You operate on chokma. Two different love languages. And if you don't understand how way she operates, 
and you're thinking completely different, you, you can see major Shalom Bayit issues because it's completely different operating systems. All right, men up for Mars. There you go. Okay, you're on. So, thank you. Following up on, on this Betachan analogy, let's say somebody's on a plane and um, you trust in the pilot because the pilot's the one flying and therefore you should not be worried because ultimately you're trusting in the pilot. But in that situation, you're not, you're not the one flying the plane and therefore it's okay to kind of hand over the reins to the pilot and therefore not be scared. But in your own personal life, if you are saying the Betachan should be, you know, I'm saying if God is ultimately pulling all the strings, then you're removing your responsibility. But if you put your responsibility back in, then you can't go ahead. You can't basically have it both ways and say God's going to do it all and not be worried. Because that kind of, you know, fear is what pushes you to step up to the plate and do what you have to do. So if you're going to say not fear, it could almost make you not then step up to the plate and take responsibility for your growth and your outcomes. So how do you... One one thing is taking a calculated risk with God. And another thing is being controlling and and, and so worried about the outcome. You understand? Of course, you have to get, you can't just invest in any business. Your business has to have, you have to do your due diligence. But then when it's good enough, then you can go into it and, 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 and get rid of all the control and all that. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into businesses and by mistakes, I figured out other things in the business that I would have never gotten there. I mean, most brachas usually come through the back door. They're not usually coming from the front. They're usually coming from the back uh, that I've seen in my life. So again, one thing is being having calculated, being calculated risk. The next thing you know is completely being uh, controlling and, and worried if something's going to work out or not. You do it, plant the seed, and get the hell out of the way. Versus just always controlling it and being worried and waking up with anxiety all the time. So it's not so much the worried, but ultimately your actions is a result of you feeling that you need to do something more. So I may be trusting in the outcome, but from your what your job to do is you 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 never know. Do I need to do a little more? And that always is what's driving you to do a little more. Right. But and was this question like like the Muna and the combination? What's the lever? Right. Rabbi Nachman says that there's a a person should there's a hundred. He has a beautiful analogy. He says the word Mamon is 140, and he says you have to pray 70 times to make a profit to be to make a profit in business, and then you have to pray 70 times to don't think it's coming from you. That means we have to pay a minimal tax. We have to make an effort. We have to do it. But when you do too much, too much, too much is stylus, it can actually go against you. Basically, with that, I just want to like summarize that. So basically, in short, you have to do your due diligence and you have to, whether it's a job, whether it's... I think uh, the Metzulah Yisharim, Metzulah Yisharim says in chapter 21, you have to pay a tax. Rav Nachman also says in lesson 24, the Moran, it's 23, that a person has to make a, he has to make an effort, but depending on his dot, is he can have effortless livelihood. The more dot you have, the more you see the bigger picture, the less you have to work for it. But the I'm less you it see, down, it, I want to break it down a little bit more. Well, let's break it down more practically. I'm about to buy a business. There's there's, there's yeah. definitely a chance I can make money in it, but I know there's a huge risk. But I say, listen, I did my due diligence. Huh? I know it has potential. I know it has risk. Right. I'm okay with it because I believe when a dozen Shem wants me to make money, so then I should just do the business. Is that a logical right. thing to say? But you know, you have a huge potential to lose a tremendous right. amount of money. Again, you have to take a calculated risk, something calculated. You have to have, again, you can, you can go into business. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to get killed because you have no dot. <laughs> so first, assuming there's dot in the business deal, assuming you know what you're doing, 
then you can go through the process. But the, 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 the problem here is Rabbi Nachman saying is coming home with, with depression, coming home with bread of shame, coming home with eating the bread without even happy, with, where you neglect everything spiritually because all your life is, is this business. I think that's what he's talking about here. Where all day long you're thinking about money, all day long your obsession, and that actually brings you judgment. So when you're able to get into a business, do the business, but let go of the let go of the constant guarantees and control, etc. Okay, unbelievable. With that, let's go to the next live question. You're on. Hi. Um. So I have a question about bitachon. Like when you you're you have a problem staying strong to it. Like something keeps happening in your life. Like just keeps piling on, let's say in a day or in a week or two weeks. And your first reaction is, thank you, Hashem. Like, I got this. I love you. Like, this is just brachos coming. And then you just, you can't stay strong at the end. Like, it just breaks you down. How do right. you, how do you keep strong? There's a great, I gave a class on dealing with an emotional storm. Um, sometimes you're over, you're over, you're, you're too overwhelmed. You're stacking too many things. You know, do do one thing at a time. You understand? I have a class on this. Um, if you go into my podcast, it says how to deal with an emotional storm. I speak about step by step on how to do it. I strongly because, recommend because this could be a very, very big I, Like you know, sometimes yeah. somebody's working on one big thing, and then while they're working that, they're holding strong. Hashem throws them another curve from a different angle. It's right. one, two. It's the one-two punch. Right. Not, so sometimes, so sometimes it's to strengthen you. Sometimes it's to strengthen you. Listen. If I didn't go through the three things that happened to me when I, when I went through, I would have never gone to his brother. He wants to squeeze so much. Sometimes it's just to get you to pray. It's just to get you to come closer to him. Rebecca Miller says, Miller says that a yid is like a grape. And the, the more Hashem mm -hmm. can squeeze you out of you. Right. Exactly. He puts you, he gets the greatest out of you sometimes by giving you a lot of stuff at one time. Does it have any connection to the law of attraction? I mean, the law of the law of attraction is Rabbi says the opposite. Sometimes, when you have fearful, you can attract more problems. So, yes, in a way, fear you can attracts attract more fear. problems. So, Rabbi says that if you if somebody should ask you how's your day, is you say bad, I'm going to show you what bad is. So you can actually complain by complaining. You can actually bring more problems to you. Correct. Actually, that actually happened to me. When I was going through a divorce, I started complaining at $100,000, and my, my attorney's bills ended up being at $700,000. So the more complaining you do, and you don't see the, you don't get the, not only do you not get the awareness, but the problem gets worse and worse. Okay. You should always take the first deal in heaven. You should not, you should, anybody who gives you a deal in heaven, you should always say thank you. The resistance sometimes causes the, the to get worse. Compound interest. Correct. Correct. Okay. You're on. Um, hi. Can you hear me? How are you? Yes. Um, first yes. of all, thank you so much. Your words are all like, you know, genius. Really, you know, they're very good. Gotcha. Um gotcha. so I have a question. How do you um thank you? So how do you um like how do I get myself to Dobbin if I don't like, you know, understand and connect to the words? Like even by reading it, it's like, you know, foreign to me you know it's much easier to just talk to Hashem in my own words but like I know the words are meaningful and you know right that's yeah. what that's that's what his bodhidut is it is your own words by the way his bodhidut when we talk to his bodhidut it is words in your own words they're actually your own right. words it's a conversation 
So I would start with do, do right, but I mean like davening um, uh, through a through a siddur. Yeah, through a siddur or from where? From a siddur, yeah, like davening. Right. So, right. You know. so try to get try to get a siddur transliteration, maybe or one that has the English also. There's many that have many many volumes that have the English and Hebrew, and just start little by little. Just start. It's better that you do little, but you concentrate than do you do do a lot and do nothing. So it's very important. I think our sages say it's very important to, to do less, but with more of your heart, etc. We had a share on, I think it was Rabbi Menachem, um, who was it? Rabbi, wasn't it Rabbi Goldwasser, right? Somebody asked him for Rosh Hashanah that they have right. a very hard time davening. So he said, What do you he say? Said, he said, You don't have to daven from a said, You have to daven from your heart. There you go. There's, there's, there's a better answer. <laughs> okay. Hey, thank you. God wants the heart. God wants the heart. It's very important. God wants the heart. It's the most important thing. Okay, let's go to the next live question. You're on. Yes, I'm on. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. This is a very meaningful discussion. Uh, my question is about uh, my my son. I, I know that you mentioned whoever is in your life. It's not about that person. It's about you. Um, so what if as parents, we did a lot of things right for our children and uh, the outcome come did not um, is not what we expected at all. Uh, I have a child who was a, a star student and for past four years, he is just not doing anything with his life. It's very, very interesting to see him just waste, waste. Uh, I daven a lot. I, I stayed up Rosh Hashanah night. I davened, Purim I davened. It's, it's been a long time. It's been like three, four years now. Uh, I, I don't, I, I just want to know how, where do I, going according to your method, where do I begin? What else can I do? And I'm also very much, I want you to know, I'm very much fear driven. Right. So prayers with, with fear is not so much going anywhere. You get it? Um, you have to find somebody else to try to talk to him. Uh, usually when it comes from the mother with fear and, and it, they're usually running the other way. Because remember, fear is very into control. So he's probably thinking you're trying to control um, control him. So I would recommend get somebody else. You know, Maybe take him to a therapist. Um, yes, he's get somebody to, else involved. Huh? He's going to therapist. He has his rabbanim. We pay a good amount of money to a wonderful best therapist. Uh, and I, let him I, let him pick the therapist. Let him pick somebody. Let him. You, sometimes when they're in that situation, they don't want to be controlled. People with low self-esteem, they don't want to be told what to do. Exactly. Let, give she, him a little bit of an option. How does she get that 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 sense of like self? You know, it's hurting her so much. She's not. She's living it. She's living the, the pain. Right. What's right. about her? Not about the kid. Right. About her. Hmm. You have to accept. It's called acceptance. Hmm. You can't change something you can't, you don't accept. So this is what your creator gave you. But again, when you pray, don't pray with fear. You have to pray with simcha. It's very, very important. You understand? Because a lot of times you're saying it's making you look bad. You, know, you, you feel this. It's, it's a lot of sometimes the prayers are, are self, are too self-centered. So we have to really do is ask God to find the good points in him. Don't, don't focus on his good points. Thank you, thank you, creator, for making him find 10 things that he's good at and say thank you to your creator for the fact that you gave him those 10 things instead of saying what's always wrong with him. I see. I've seen that work. I've seen that work, by the way. Reverse psychology. 
Are we? Am I making a session as the heat for you to thank Hashem for this, or just you're ask? making? You're making. You're first of all. You're there's he obviously he needs love clearly, and so what you do is instead of telling him all the things he did wrong, you need to do his bodedut. Look at things that he could have that he, that are good about him, and focus on those. What yeah. Nachman tells us when you want to change somebody, you can only change him by not telling him how bad he is, by telling him how good he is. Right. Yes. The reverse psychology by uh, it's, called, it's called Azamra, finding the good points in him, yeah. and and focusing on those good points in him. So basically, thinking about the good points. I I, I thinking about the good points and pointing out the good points and complimenting you because right now he's looking at you as a controlling Persian mother who always tells me I'm not good enough. You understand? So uh, that's all he sees in that, and he he doesn't want to have anything to do with that. So he, when people have low self-esteem, they don't, they don't have any, you know, they, they, don't, they don't want to be reminded of their low self-esteem. So now you have to really compliment and you have to show them a lot of warmth. And it's not an easy thing. God should give you a lot of strength. This is not an easy thing to deal with. Um, but you should focus on the good points at him. Focus on the, the good points and thank Hashem for this challenge. Thank him for the opportunity that you're praying to him. And let go of any fear. Let go of any fear. Remember, fear is not going to do anything for anybody. Thank you. Okay, let's go to the next live question. You're on. Hi. Um, Hi. After years you? of uh, inner, first of all, huge fan, huge, huge fan. Thank okay. you so much for everything. Um, after years of inner work, this boy did this learning, um, and then ending up on medication. Is that a solution? Is that a cop out, or is that helping? Again, sometimes medication is needed to help you. I mean, How do you know? Yeah, that's a that's a very big question, right? That's I I don't I'm not a professional to tell you which medication is good. I don't know what you, your condition is, but sometimes medication is necessary. Um, so it's not. Know. I'm saying it's not. It's not a. Uh, uh, I'm not big into marijuana. I'm not big into marijuana. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't I'm mean to ask into, that at all. Yeah. I'm not asking that at all. I'm not. What is the make? What is the What is the medication doing for you? Just boosting, uh, just boosting the mood, you know, being able to handle right. certain situations. Right, right. I, I don't see that as a drawback. Uh, if, <laughs> if you're doing the work and the medication, one thing is doing the medication, no work and no period. But you, you tell me you're doing the work, I don't, I can't see that as a drawback. Now, even when therapists give medication, good therapists, right? Sometimes you need the medication. Of course, 100%, 100% to stabilize you, 100%. 100%. I, we, I recommend it all the time, man. People are, I've seen miracles from people with medication, 100%. Miracles. I would never tell a person, don't take medication just because somebody tells you it's ridiculous. Yeah, but it has to be with it. You know, I always tell you, you want to do this with it. But one thing is taking medication to avoid issues and not to feel. One thing is a meditation to give you a boost, to give you a chizuk and, and strengthen you. Another thing is taking, taking something not to feel. That's why I'm very against marijuana, because you're not feeling and you have to feel in order to heal. Thanks. Okay, let's, let's clap around one, one or two more questions, and then um, I have a few more okay. I want to get to, and then we'll, I know it's been a, one after another, but so much over here, Gadai. Okay, you're on. Hello? Hi. Yes. Hi. Okay, um, first of all, I want to thank you so much. Um, we gained so much in Hashem Shekivikoyach to keep helping others. Um, I have someone very, very close to me that um, has um, a mental issue that was found out very late um, in his life. Um, and, and he's very, like, it, it took him like, it took over his whole life. Everything was going great for him. 
and, 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 and he has this mental issue that the doctors are saying it's a chemical issue. It's, they're not sure if, if it's a borderline personality disorder or, or, um, or bipolar. And, but the doctors are basically saying it's a chemical disorder. So mm-hmm. how can a person, he is so, um, I mean, full of fear, he's full of anxiety, he can't live with himself. How, how can I help him even get to the first step of even like gratitude or getting onto something? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want, I mean, it hit him like a ton of bricks. He doesn't want to take the medicine. It, it, I think it, it hurt him so much to the reality that he even um, is, you know, has this mental issue, which he didn't realize until now. And he's, he's 40 years old and he has a family and, um, you know, and he's a mess, he's a mess. And I, mm-hmm. I keep, t- you know, trying to, you know, with love and saying, you know, your Hashem is, Hashem wants you, Hashem wants to, you know, you, you know, and he goes, right. but, but how do I help him? Right. How do I, mean, I help that, him even see anything? Clearly, he clearly, he needs a medication, it looks like right now, just to stabilize it. First, you got to stabilize it. Um, right, so that's know, the other thing. Very, that's very dangerous, very dangerous yeah. when people are not med compliant. I've seen disasters in my facilities when people stop taking medication. So he needs a medication, especially maybe by both. He needs a medication to stabilize him. And then there's all kinds of therapy, DBT therapy, CBT, there's all kinds of therapy. People, it's very, very common, you know, therapy and medication. Right, so, so I guess my question is, if he is so, um, whatever the word is, shocked and, and, and thrown and, and thrust into this, and he doesn't want to take the medication, which he so badly needs it just to become a Kaylee, just to tell him, tell, tell him to go to, tell him to go to three different opinions so he can get more, more, a little bit more of a guarantee that this is the right thing. Okay. So he's done that. This is already like, he's, this is already the second year and, you know, being in this the, mess the, and he's the, not you, going anywhere. Yeah. Okay. So the problem, the problem with every problem in life, right? Okay. With, this is the problem. One one is resisting reality. Okay. The more we resist the situation, the more the situation becomes bigger. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is like everything in life. The more you resist something, the more it be suffering begins. But you so can't tell to do him. It. How, how tell can I help you, him? You, I can't tell. Like from what you're saying before, it's kind of let go. Almost, I'm trying to talk to him all the time and and tell him things like just to let go and say. You know, look, I, I care about you. When you're ready, does to... he have a family? Does he have a family? Does yes. Have, uh... Yes. Yes, and his and his and yeah. His wife, his wife, his wife is like doesn't she's she believes that you know it's his work and he should be doing this on his own. And I don't know if she realized how sick he is. And then the question is, is it really in his power? Like that's my I I don't is it in his power? I've seen tons of people. I've seen tons of people cure from this. Tons, tons, absolutely. So So you have a condition, doesn't mean. You, you never condition. want to be defined. The problem is you never want to be defined by a, by a, you know, by a, a you know, I've seen people say you're clinically depressed. Okay. So my life is over because I'm clinically depressed. Okay. Now you're clinically happy. I mean, you, you can't just, you can't have a doctor's diagnosis define who you are. Everything could change. Hashem could change everything, everything for me. I've seen miracles. I've seen, you've seen so many miracles right now. And there's so much medical. Uh, again, the, the problem is you, he has to take the medical just sometimes just to stabilize. Just so to, to just tell, to help to help him to just remind say like just for now just and the wife and the wife also the, the wife yeah. also cannot the wife also sometimes also. cannot enable him also so sometimes the wife you know you can't enable somebody also she has to put if it's two years you have to tell him listen put a boundary something has to happen sometimes they need a shock to get them help but to get them better 
Right, and that's other thing. The doctor was uh, suggesting maybe shock treatment, like I've like seen they don't that know work too. I've yeah. seen that work too. But I'm again, not I'm, sure not, I'm not here. I'm not right, here I mean, they have to go through regular yeah. normal set of ishtadlis and then just to keep encouraging I mean, I, that, I, I've, I've had situations where wife said, if you don't take the medication, I'm going to leave you. And next thing you know, it changes life. And they started taking that much better. So sometimes right, like you need a little be afraid, leverage. She shouldn't be afraid no. to, to push no. him. Okay. No, she has she yeah. has to do it with, with a lot of dots. But with a lot you, of dots. You, you can't. You can't enable some somebody if he's a self-destructive behavior. Right. Like, for example, yeah. she said, he, I, he's not taking his medicine. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be involved? Am I supposed to push him to take his medicine? Um, he doesn't want her to be involved. Like I, I, you know, and then I'm encouraging him because I'm, in a way, I have a different relationship with him. He's a family member and, and I'm close to him and he trusts me. And I keep trying to tell him, I said, you, right. know, you need your medicine. You need your medicine just to get you in a right. place. Okay, just I'll right. keep encouraging him. Keep encouraging, get him a different opinion, show him maybe a different option, maybe get him to exercise, different kind of holistic treatments, and then that will give him a little strength. Try to just create him a little momentum somewhere where he finally makes a decision. Okay, Gdaya, his good last one for the night, last live one at least. Okay, perfect. Okay, okay. Um, so what if someone is faced with a challenge and they have a way out, however, they feel that it's not aligned with what Hashem wants? But if they face this challenge, then they may have a breakdown and not manage. It's hmm. a tough question. I, I don't understand the question. Basically, what if someone's faced with a challenge and they have a way to 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 go to to get out of it, but they feel that that's not necessarily what Hashem wants them to do, but rather to oh, go and face to, the right, challenge. To go and, but right, if so, they face this challenge, it, it may be very hard emotionally. Okay. And even physically, so, uh, mentally, right. yeah. Right. Any anytime you're dealing with any, the reason why people can't find answers is because there's too much problems with the question, right? Like here, right away, you told you, your question already has the answer. A hundred percent, you should be doing this, this situation because it's a growth opportunity. But because of all the fear that you're going to break down, you see the problems. You have to get rid of the fear. Are you gonna, are you guaranteed you're going to break down? That's not true. You're not guaranteed you're going to break down. Are you guaranteed you're not going to pass it with, with flying colors? No, you, you, maybe you could. You, understand? you have so much predictions already about the questions, what's going to happen, that you even, nothing even happened. So you should definitely do it because the answer is in the question. The more you let go of the feelings of, 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 of in that question itself, the, the answer will come to you much easier. I mean, would, how about if I told you, would you what, what would your answer be if you did this question without fear? Would you do it? Second, if you had no fear, if you had no fear, would you do the? Would you do it without a problem? I'm mute. Hello. She's oh, there? sorry. Yes. Okay. Sorry. If I you had absolutely, if you yes. had absolutely no fear, yes. would you do it? There's 100%. your answer. There's your answer. Finish. See, when you get rid of the fear, you already have the answer. You mm-hmm. see the problem? The, yeah. the, the fear is what causes the confusion. And the procrastination. Anytime you have anything, there's a great, the more, the more you let go of the, of the energy behind the questions, the answers just pop up in a second. So you should get rid of the fear and go into it with excitement and trust. With the right tools. Correct. But she already knows the answer. It's a growth opportunity, but her question already is, is, is just filled with fear. Sorry, somebody wants to have one more question. I'm sorry. I'm sucking out of you whatever I could tonight. 
Okay, you really on. sucked out of me. You sucked it out of me. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, you're on. I'll mute. I'll mute. So three seconds. I'm you. <laughs> I tried. It's okay. Don't don't rush it. I have time. It's not a problem. Okay, no, I've, already, I've already oh. surrendered the night. Oh. Okay. Well, fine. Let's go to closing. Okay, here we go. Good night. First of all, tonight was off the charts, amazing. And we really appreciate um coming on. There were so many questions that got sent in that we didn't get to. So I apologize about that. That's first of all. Um, but uh, there were so many lives, so you know, like I always say, life takes over, but uh, again. Fenster for coming on tonight and giving so much chizik and being Kazakh so many Thank people you. over here. I think we had questions across all the board, all around the board. And when we come to your closing, Gedalia, let's 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 try to recap all the problems because again, tonight, whether it's the, the Shidduch or whether it's the, the Parnasa, right? It's not let's in the closing, if you could recap, because it really comes down to one you saw it. It's really one you saw it, and maybe I don't know if you want to do a step by step, but however you want to do your closing, think about it. But again, thanks for coming on. It was unbelievable, and it's amazing. We have so many people here. I think it's such a kiddush Hashem Gedalia at twelve o'clock at night that you have hundreds of people here to come to grow together and to. Amen, and to amen, every amen. Every Sunday amen. night, Hashem. Again, I said, now I see that night. The match was good. Twelve o'clock, cold, ninety-seven. See if you're good to everybody. You go. It's a good place. You like that, right? Exactly. Again, Very anyone, nice. Beautiful. If anybody Beautiful. wants to join the the Sunday, the WhatsApp, I send the flyers out. Please WhatsApp me at eight four eight five two five zero zero six. Or go to menachembernfeld.com to his website, and uh, he'll send you the email every week who's coming on. Again, if anybody's here the first time, every Sunday night at 9.30 Eastern time, we have a different rob, a different rabbi, a different therapist. And then sometimes we get these amazing guys like Adalia. So we have everything. So you never know. Um, you never every know. Sunday night. Next Sunday night, April 3rd, we have an amazing one from Yoni Fisher from Fisher Yeshiva, Moshev Matas Yohu. He's the shares we're talking about investing in yourself and live the life that you want to live. I think it'll be great. It's a catapult from what we learned tonight. It's like going to the next, you know. And it's be this, what do you call it? It's called be the change that you want to be in the world, that you want to be. Mm. So learning how to really focus on yourself and not be busy with other people. He's very big into that. He has a lot of share on this. It's going to be a deep and meaningful program. If you know anybody that could gain from it, I'm sure everybody can gain from it. So please come and be part of it. Again, said anybody who's uh, watching these, these shiurim uh, that have a therapist, you can get the CEU credits. You could email support at corewellceu.com. You can get credits for these recordings. Again, tonight, everything is recorded. It's going to be from on Menachem Bernfeld's website, menachembernfeld.com. If anybody has any questions, Gudalia, if you could just, before we go to your closing, just a very short, your website, your email, your social security number, your cell phone number, your address. People just want to know how to get a hold of you, podcast, just in two minutes, and then we'll go to Menachem, and then we'll go to your closing. So people want to know how to get a hold of you, or what you share, Mar, that we just heard about the podcast tonight a few times. The, the, the podcast is called Gedal Fenster, G-E-D-A-L-E, Fenster, F-E-N-S-T-E-R. It's on um, Spotify, um, also on YouTube, but that, that's pretty much, because there's a WhatsApp group, but to add a, a thousand names, it's better just to, it's just to go on, on the Spotify. Go to okay. Spotify, all the classes are there, and you okay. basically every day we have, a, we have six classes a week. And we just get constant classes where we start going through the exercises, where we talk about fear, grief. Dating and pretty much everything. How, how much do you charge for these? Zero. How much do you charge for these classes? Nothing, zero. Oh, zero. Okay, just making sure. Okay, tonight's share share number ninety-seven, and and if anybody wants to hear it on the phone, we'll be on our phone number at eight four eight seven 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 grow. And again, I want to thank yeah. all our advertising sponsors: the Liquid Scoop, Rabbi Yenif Chazak, Kyla Kaufman, Shmuel Summer from JCN. And uh, again, I just want to say tonight was really really deep. And um, I think the one thing that we could take out from tonight is there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and we have to work mm. on ourselves. And I think it's much easier. Talking from a lot of experience to blame her, him, right, 
blame right. the situation, blame the circumstance, be a victim of the situation. Most people that I know walk around, I'm not saying, I don't want to say it that way, but a lot of people I know walk around with a very heavy, and some people do have a very heavy peckle and very heavy situation, but um, it's not going to help you. It's not really not going to help you. Speaking to a big therapist that sees a lot of people, so he deals with a lot of people that have very uh, toxic marriages with, you know, difficult situations. He says, listen, if you want to get divorced, get divorced. If you want to stay together, stay together, but let's be positive about it. Just to stay together for years and come every right. week and bash and say they're horrible, what's the point? So what's the point for you? What's the point for them? The point is really to, to, to do introspection and for yourself to really pull yourself together. So that's that's what I have to say. And uh, Nachum, let's go to you for closing. And then Rabidaya, I want you to wrap it up really strong. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Rabasha said, it's deep, but like what Gedalia says, simple. <laughs> It's uh, it's you're trying to take us back to very simple connection, talking to our creator, just like that, which I know is hard because I've tried many times and mm. there's ups and downs and it's not that easy. And like you mentioned, like Ramnachman says, that if it's the right thing, you're going to have something that's going to hold you back. And you have to do whatever you can to be consistent and try to do it. And I would mention for, for beginners, three minutes. Start with three minutes is great. You know, eventually one day you get a half hour, maybe an hour or six hours. But for beginners, it's just the idea of, yes, we can talk to him. He hears us. And I guess slowly change what's going on inside of us to be able to let go and and get the energy so thank you very much i do want to mention that we have 24 hours that we're raising money for the book that we're putting out and we got 24 hours left for those who want to win the raffle afterwards you can give without a raffle but this 24 hours i'm going to put the link in the chat and send it out tomorrow in mitzvah Shem. and we ask everyone to you know to be part of it in mitzvah Shem so we can get get it out there thank you beautiful beautiful Bye, Fenster. Please give us a strong closing. Get some of that divine power. Let's go. Okay, so the, the basically the recap of this class is really, really to get put put your energy into the right place. That's where I, that's the number one thing. When you're looking at any situation, that's the first question you should ask yourself: Am I putting the energy in the right place? And if that energy is not put, is not put into spirituality, such as talking to your creator, any other form of energy, such as blaming. Uh, projecting, uh, avoiding, resisting, uh, complaining is just wasting your time. Because I remember what we really need out of all these situations is we need the awareness of why we're going through it. And we're only going to get that awareness by approaching and by gratitude and showing us the creator, creator of the world out of love. And when you're able to have that approach, already you're in the solution, you're in growth mindset, etc. The second the thing, major thing that I want to talk about is definitely with fear. All the fear that you guys have, we have a lot of our, our decisions because of fear are making us procrastinate, are making us uh, uh, control the situation. We're afraid to, to, to feel vulnerable. And for example, you know, a lot of times we don't want to pray, period, because we're afraid, oh, we're not going to get answers. It's a waste of time. There's so, much, there's so much of energy. Anytime we say, I can't do it, it's because I don't want to do it. And you're really covering up for feelings, such as I, I'm going to be tired if I pray. I don't know what to say. Uh, is it true? Do you not? You don't know what to say. Of course, you know what to you, you, How do you know? Maybe all of a sudden you're going to talk like a bird. Yeah, are you going to be tired? No, you're going to have more energy because you're going to release a lot of negativity. So there's a lot of programs that you've already created, even before we get to prayer, that don't are not realistic. But because these programs are running the show every time we're trying to do something, 
they don't allow us to do it. And this is where the resistance comes. So when you go in there, like the word, the ultimate tikkun is, is like Rodover Peterson says, when tikkun is tinok, come to your creator like a child, and, and avar is avera, staying in the past. So we can either come to our creator constantly renew, renewed, and, or we can stay in the past, God forbid. So again, the, the, the purpose of this is really to, to, to just to use a different approach on how. Now, the reason is when, when we start letting go of all this negative energy, we start getting, we feel, we feel better about ourselves. And when the way we feel better about ourselves, we treat others differently and we see situations differently. So remember, every situa- situation outside can be fixed with internally. And this is why the Baal Shem Tov says we cannot, ju- we cannot love somebody we judge. Because the fact that you're judging them is already a very low consciousness. So when, you, when you judge, you can't love. So the same thing in our lives. When we have fear, we can't see God's blessings. So I bless you all that we should all grow. Whoever can go on the podcast, I strongly recommend it. We've had, we have thousands and thousands of people on it. Had tremendous success. And we need to grow together. We need to grow together. And I think this is the God's work. I think this is God's work. And most importantly, to bring everybody back to, to Judaism and back to spirituality, where we all become spiritual beings. Okay. Have a great night, guys. Good night, everybody. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next week, next Sunday night. Good night. Good night. Take care. Bye bye. Amen. Good night. Good night.